and actually ended up living out west for you know two three years really? and, and I, I loved it out west because okay. it's definitely different sides um of the the way people live but south siders i feel like we don't interact with each other um as much as people out west do you know like when i was out west it, it was nothing for me to speak to another brother and it'd be nothing. Whereas if you out south or, you know, any place else, they might be a little skeptical. You know, yeah, they, they, they keep they keep they, they keep their head straight and they keep going. Don't nobody speak. Yeah. Out west is, is almost like you could damn near see somebody that you know and it could damn near be a party at any given yeah. moment. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's unfortunate that, you know, that, that people think about Chicago in that light, but I mean, you know, I guess it is what it is, you know? Yeah, but I mean, when you got these bad media portrayals, like we were just speaking about uh, earlier, you got these bad media portrayals and these assholes who don't really know much about the South side or the West side or the East side, when they don't really know how to delegate and move through these areas, they're gonna have these problems because they don't know no better. And when you look like food, lions and wolves are gonna eat. You know what I mean? That's just that's just com common sense. If you look like you ain't from around here, somebody gonna press you. Hey, exactly. You don't look like you belong. You know what I mean? So uh, when you out here and you moving around and and people don't fuck with you and you look like you look like you out of pocket, they they gonna they definitely gonna press you about about being around certain areas. But on the flip side of that. When you out and you having a good time and you're on the west side, you're on the east side or the south side of Chicago, it ain't a lot of shit that can't can't really happen to you because people don't even pay pay no attention. They look and they go like, yo, who the fuck are you? Right. But because they see that you're not really on no bullshit, they leave you alone. You know what I mean? But um, I'm glad that I have had the privilege of taking, uh, whether they be Irish, Polish, Russian, or just Caucasian in general, I, I'm glad I've had the chance to take them, not the privilege, but the chance to uh, take them to the west side, the east side and the uh, south side of Chicago. So they do get to experience what it's like over here and they can break past that narrative of, oh, don't go past 35th. That's bullshit. If someone is telling you that, that's damn near like saying, saying that that's some racist shit. And word up. Yeah, yeah that that's is some racist shit to say, oh, after, the, after 35th, it gets black. It's nothing about black people after you get after you get to 35th. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that that makes no sense. And, and what you're doing is you're you're putting people in a box or you're putting boundaries on people's growth and their experience while they're here. And why would you want to do that to somebody? Just because you a lame or you a sucker or you a goofy that probably got robbed. You know what I mean? Maybe it was just your time to experience getting robbed. Yeah, I mean that's life, bro. You know, but they'll hold that and I mean they'll hold it. And they make that um, their narrative for for our people their entire life. You know what I'm saying? Like one bad experience, and they condemn an entire race, bro. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And Absolutely. it's a shame. But you know, I feel like that's low key. That's what's wrong with this country right now, fam. Is like sometimes I look up and I'm like, bro, how did we get here? Like, how do we how do we become so divided so Quickly, you know, you like know I, how, but why oh, does it continue? Yeah, yeah, you know, continuation of it, of the, of the fuckery and, and the bullshit, and so many people have bought into it over the last five, six hundred years, 
that is it's even harder to, to to break it because you got these people who live in castles you know what i mean who never been outside the castle to meet a person like you or meet a person like me and understand what that experience is like because they don't care yeah. they don't care and because they've had their grandkids and their grandkids 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 in a castle they don't understand because these narratives keep getting painted uh, and told over and over again don't associate with that group of people it's the same the same thing of what we're talking about yeah you know? don't hey don't go past 35th you know what i mean like it is it, that's not where you should be when actually like i said i've taken plenty of people around the south south side west side and east side of chicago and it was like, I didn't know it was like that. Yeah, you're going to have a good time over here. Now, if you want to go somewhere where you can get robbed, I can drop you off over there and leave you because I'm not staying. <laughs> I ain't staying over there with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to go somewhere where they where they pushing heroin all day? I'll take you over there. I'll take you to one of the hottest spots there is and leave your ass there because I ain't standing out there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is, you know. Definitely, but I'm not. I'm not doing that shit, man. Like it's it's fun on the south side. We go to the north side because we we know it's fun spots over there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I know it's decent places to grab a good beer up north. You know what I mean? Like, I know. It's but see, that's the thing. Low key, it's some spots you get your ass robbed up north. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? But they have you believing that the north side is like you know Pleasantville. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And and don't get me yeah. wrong, I mean it is, it's it's nice, but every area in the city is, you know, has its nice parts. Hell yeah. And, and awesome. coming coming from our point of view, we can fucking tell you where you go where you're gonna experience racism at. And hey. some around one of some places where motherfuckers think they're gonna have a really good fucking time. Hey, enjoying they <laughs> enjoying yeah. their beers. And these motherfuckers, you know, they have a problem, but you know, you had to push past that because we know as black men, you punch one of these motherfuckers in the mouth, and you know, they'll be like, well, what did I do? You exactly. Know? You know, now we wrong. You know and what I mean? I'm wrong for showing you, you know, the type of disrespect that you showed me. I just showed it, I just reacted a different way than you than you expected. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, so um, so tell me, my man, what it is that you do for a living. State your name actually first. Daryl Gilmore, you know what I'm saying? Chicago, Chicago zone, you know. Yes, sir. Um, father, uh, husband, you know what I mean? Uh, everyday, you know, working man, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, right now, uh, I work for the, uh, the state's attorney's office, you know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, uh, before that, I was into uh, to banking, you know what I mean, and decided about maybe maybe ten years ago switch careers, you know what I mean. Uh, one of my uncles uh, was getting ready to retire, and uh, he knew my field, so he was like, "Yo, you know, I think that uh, you'd probably like if you worked for the for the state, you know." And uh, was able to, you know, was able to really. Uh, come together, get in, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, like I said, life, you know, life is good right now. Can't, can't complain. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, how many kids do you have? Four, I'm a father of four. Father of four, awesome. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Um, Rain, I got two-year-old twins, 
I got a six-year-old son and I got a 12-year-old son. The okay. twins are boy girl. Awesome, so, awesome. Yeah. So you're done there. I, I can see that being a situation where you could be done. Oh, most definitely. You know, <laughs> <laughs> most definitely. You know, but um, it's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? It's a blessing, bro. You know, so uh, it's it's one of those things, man, where um, I didn't necessarily think that I would ever be a father of four, but um, you know, it's a it's a beautiful thing. I wouldn't have it any other way. You know what I mean? Awesome, awesome. Do you still stay in Chicago? Yeah, actually, I stay in the suburbs, uh, like maybe forty minutes outside of Chicago. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but you know, I'm I'm still in the city every day, man. Um, I try to get there as much as I can, um, just because you know it's just a certain vibe that that comes along with the city, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. Absolutely, absolutely. You still want that to be able to feel that spirit and that rush when you come to the city, be able to pick up that vibe. I totally understand it. Yeah, most definitely. If it was up to me. Um, I probably still would be living in the city, but having so many kids, um, the city is expensive, you know. So uh, me and my wife, we decided it was probably best to move to the suburbs. You know? Okay. More space for the kids, you know, they can have fun in the backyard, you know what I mean? It's quieter, you know, school systems. Unfortunately, the school systems are better out here than they are, you know, in the city, you know, so. Well, we grew up in the city, so we can under, kind of understand that. Yeah, yeah. Now, no disrespect to the Chicago public school system, but we, you know, it's a lot of a lot of foolery that goes on in in, in, a, in, a, in the public school system, uh, especially for us growing up. Um, oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, my my parents, for whatever reason, thought that it was um, it was a good idea for me to go to Catholic school. So day one in a uh, Catholic high school coming from a uh, CPS uh, elementary school, I can uh, for sure say I was not prepared. Okay. And that was probably, that was probably my, my first glimpse of, um, I don't know if you wanna say the haves and the have nots, but you could definitely see where um, the city focuses on one thing, whereas the suburban uh, elementary schools focus on an entirely different element of education. You know what I'm saying? Was and, that your whole uh, high school uh, education? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I went to uh, Saint Rita High School four years. You know what I mean? And uh, it was, it, yeah, it was definitely some pushback. I, I wasn't on board, but um, you know, all I wanted to do was play basketball. You know? So you know, but. In hindsight, it was, uh, it was probably the best decision uh, that my parents ever made for me. You know what I'm saying? So. Okay. okay. Uh, so from high school, did you go into college or? Yeah, actually, actually, uh, um, it's a funny, well, not so funny story, but um, after graduating uh, from high school, uh, I, will, I went to Rutgers. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, from Rutgers, um, I got there first semester. Um, my pops, he passed away. Um, rest in peace to pops, my condolences. Rest in peace, you know. Um, come back to Chicago and uh, finish up at Loyola University. And 
Um, just, just being in Jersey for, you know, six months and then transitioning back to uh, the Midwestern lifestyle is, um, it, it definitely showed me how slower of a pace we actually live, even though we think that, you know, we, we really live in that city, you know, yeah. but we go to like certain other places, you know, especially on the East Coast, and you just see how everything is is boom, 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 boom. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing, you know what I'm saying, to see how that everyday grind, it, it truly is a rat race, you know what I'm saying? So coming back here, I felt like that experience kind of gave me an edge a little bit as far as, um, you know, my mentality, you know, yeah. in everyday life, you know what I'm saying? The urgency was different, huh? Word, word. And, and I mean, just in... Just in that short uh, that short period of time, it just seemed like you know. So from Jersey, you could get to New York very well, right? Oh, most definitely. You hit the Turnpike, man. You know what I'm saying, and and you know, be there in no time. You know what I mean. And and uh, what happened is, um, it was like a, it was like one of those things where I found myself going back every chance I got. Because unfortunately, um, not too not too long after uh, my father passed, my uncle passed, rest in peace, and uh, my cousin kind of went through the same thing that I was going through, and uh, they thought it'd be a good idea if I, you know, went back then and helped and, you know, gave him gave him that support. You know what I'm saying? We end up, you know, being in uh, New York, man. Every every borough possible, man. Just you know, painting the town, bro. Just living life. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and uh, some of the some of the greatest experiences um, of my life, man. You know, happened between the years of uh, uh, two thousand one, two thousand three, bro. You know what I mean? Just just incredible time. What a time to be alive, bro. Real talk. Okay, cool, cool. So you definitely moved around to like the Bronx and Harlem and Brooklyn and everything. Most definitely, but. Uh, I, I say um, Harlem was uh, definitely the best spot in New York okay. to me. Speak on that. Why? 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 Why do you say it's the, it was the best experience for you? Just the energy, man. Like, um, you know, uh, I don't think that there's another place in New York that shells out authentic people. The way, and no disrespect to to Brooklyn, no disrespect to the Bronx, uh, but there's no place in that city that um, that has authentic people the way that the Harlem cats get down. You know what I'm saying? And um, I feel like I feel like if if there's any one place in New York that embodies us as Black people, you know what I mean? It's still Harlem. You know, they got a, they got a phrase that Harlem runs the world, and it's true because everything that kind of originates in Harlem, a few years later, you see it, you know, in Japan, you see it in Cali, you see it, you know what I mean, uh, in China, you know, you see it all over the world. I seen a cat in London uh, at the Olympics back in 2012, and uh, we ended up talking real quick. And uh, he was wearing a uh, he was wearing a Supreme hoodie. Mm. You know what I mean? And um, I asked him, you know, just like, man, what you know about that? You know what I mean? And we get to talking, and 
he, he tells me like, man, you know what? Uh, I, I had an internship at a company and couldn't afford to stay in, you know, Manhattan. So he ended up in Harlem. He say, man, you know, best time of his life. You know what I mean? And, and he from um, uh, Liverpool. He's from Liverpool, bro. You oh, know wow. what I mean? Yeah. Wow. So he, he taking the culture back to Liverpool. You know what I mean? And yeah. Just, uh, you know, like I said, just nothing embodies us as, as Black people and our culture more than uh, Harlem, New York. Yeah, they, they're, they're very innovative. You know, they, you know, it's a small, it's like the smallest borough, but they, they get it in, man. They get it in. It's a lot. It's a lot of moving. It's a lot of moving happening out there. You know, most definitely, most definitely. If you're not careful, you know, you can be you can be swept up easily. Oh, word, word. You can be word. swept up easily. Um, but it's a it's a beautiful thing when you can get to move around the country or the world and travel and be able to see these things. Um, you mentioned that your father had passed in 2001. Yeah, he actually passed in 99. In 99, okay. Um, so that was like right before or after high school or something like that? Yeah, yeah, like like um, right after I graduated, going into my freshman year of college. Okay, do you care to mention what happened to him? Uh, he had lung cancer. Okay. He had lung cancer. He, uh, he fought it, you know, he was a soldier, he fought it, but... Um, you know, it's just once it once it spreads, bro. Yeah. You know, it start, once it starts ravaging, you know, it don't let up. Nah, man. And you know, and, and cancer in our community is uh it's uh well, I mean cancer period, but more so in our community, man, it's it's a it's a killer. It's a silent killer too. Yeah. You yeah. Know, because uh my old man, you know, he would tell me stories about how he started smoking you know, at the age of 12. And he was like, that's just something they did back then. You know what I mean? And you got to think my, my old man uh, was older. I don't know if you remember, you know, but my old man was older and he was born in 1937, you know? So you figure, uh, he said he started smoking, you know, in like, you know, 44, 46. Right. You know that was like after the Great Depression or something or doing it. I mean, you know, he he lived through some tough times, bro. Yeah. I can only imagine, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like we we uh we experience, you know, our share of uh racism and bigotry, but I can only imagine what my pops went through growing up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and my I think my mom and dad were born um a few years after. So um the conversations that I've had mainly with my mom because I'm closer to with my mom than my pop. So the conversations I would have with her and my auntie on my mom's side, um, who I love, who I love dearly, um, listening to her tell me the stories that she was telling me, not necessarily that things were so gruesome and ugly, but the, 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 the treatment and the things that were being said, <clears throat> not just in passing, but the way the school system was set up and the, the messages that she was being told. And I was like, so they were already programming you guys to believe that the white man was God. And she was like, well, yeah, that's a, we were going to school. That's what they were, that's what they were telling us. And we would get up and, and play all the games and do all this stuff. And I would be sitting there laughing. Like I, and I think she understood. I was like, do you understand why I rebel so much about from school? She was like, now I get it. She's like, but I, at the time it didn't make any sense until you started saying that they weren't teaching you the correct history of 
everything. I was like, and I told her everything, yes, but specifically to tell me that we were just slaves. And it was just like that, that, that is that is not true. Like we gave the world everything, every fucking thing down to the alphabet. And for them to sit there and just make our history from Columbus fucking up and and, and getting here to after that was was just bullshit. Like they they've neglected everything about us historically, just so that we that no one speaks on the greatness of the things that we've done and still do. Yeah, but, you know what I mean. So um, it was just one of those things, man. Like I, I was just I was just I, I was it, it just got on my nerves, you know. So uh, but back to back to your dad. Let me ask you this: as a young black man. That's very impactful to have that happen. How do you then tra- make that translate, that translation from losing your father and then going into college? Like, how did you process that? Oh man, you know, um, it's probably the most difficult period of my life because I felt like I lost him when I needed him most. You know what I'm saying? Because you're at that age where it's like you're going into manhood and you're gonna encounter certain things and you need that, that father figure or that male in your life to kind of either give you that reassurance. Yes. Or yes. either be like, yo, that ain't it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? definitely. And um, man, I would say uh, that my 20s, you know, were definitely trial and error. And I could have saved myself a lot of, you know, I could have saved myself a lot of time, a lot of money, you know, uh, I could have made better better decisions had I still had my pops around. But with it just kind of being me, because um, at the time it was just me, my little sister and my mother. Now it's like, you know, I I don't have like another male in my life to bounce certain ideas off of or, you know, or, or go to when I need like certain advice, I had to make these decisions on my own, you know, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because like I said, life is the best experience. You know what I mean? But- And that assurance and that person to talk makes a hell of a lot of difference. No doubt, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, could've, it could've, went, could've went a whole lot smoother, yeah. you know, but at the at the same time, I feel like um, I feel like the destination you know that I arrived to was was still on point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, I would I would totally agree because um, while I may have had people that were um, maybe gave me tutelage or like mentors to me, not having a father was like the 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 worst part of it because you were constantly trying to figure it out. And because most of the people around you are your age, they can't necessarily tell you, you know, how to avoid certain potholes and, and, and certain certain trials and tribulations that may come. Certain things that you can just avoid, like there's no one there to tell you that. And you don't necessarily want to tell anybody outside of, out of your circle, outside of family, because you don't know how your business will be spreaded and or how people are going to look at you. But Exactly. I will say this, and I totally agree, that my 20s was trial and error. And while it may have been a lot of fun, while I have made while I may have made a lot of crazy mistakes, it was trial, it was trial and error. I had, and I did in my 20s, I, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Most, you know? most definitely. 
It's definitely I, things I, I wish had I had certain people to talk to, I think I could have uh, avoided certain things and um, been been a lot better off at the same time. But I, I I'm appreciative of my experience. Um, it's what it's what's made me a better person. Um, it's it's what has kept me grounded as well. So I do appreciate um, the time I have had and the people I've met um, and the things that I've been through, the places I've been as well. Along the way, I've done a lot of good music. I, um, I, I had plenty of chances to go to different boxing gyms and do different things, and I, I, I enjoy myself. So I'm very thankful for the opportunities that I have had. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. So your first field, uh, you graduated from Loyola. Yeah. And then you got into what field? Uh, marketing. Marketing, okay. And uh, my first job was at a at a bank, uh, savings and loans bank uh, called Northern Trust. You know what I mean? And uh, it was a wild time, bro. Like because to be so young and come into um, so much uh, financial, uh, it was. To be so young and, and to come into that type of money and to be around these people um, that don't understand how blessed they are. I mean, it was like the wild, wild west, fam. Like, I'm talking about, um, it's they a reason. Pissing money. Oh, bro, it's a reason that the market crashed in 08. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, because I'm talking about, man, golf outings, um, inside of trading that nobody really talks about. Like, um, but, but you can't necessarily call it inside of trading because they know how to, they know how to ride the, the line. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just, man, just corporate America, um, just that experience and being in corporate America, uh, it, it showed me that that shit will eat you up and spit you out, bro. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, uh, like uh, me getting up every day, going to the gig, um, having to kind of like, you know, meet these deadlines and, you know, I'm busting my ass because one, that's what I was taught to do. But also it's like, man, you, you kind of, um, at that age, you kind of so infatuated with making this money that that's your driving force. You know what I'm saying? You thinking like, okay, you know, if I if I do a good job, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna get this incentive, I'm gonna get this raise, all of that. Meanwhile, uh, some of some of my coworkers from from other cultures, they they taking it for granted because they know, you know, they like fuck this job. You know what I'm saying? Because they know that at any given moment they could quit and they have a job like that. You know what I'm saying? Don't work like that. Whereas we like, nah, nah, where, where in your mind, you like, look, man, I just went to school for four and a half years to get this degree so I could get this job so I can make this bread. You know what I'm saying? And then for the market to crash, which was probably, uh, hold on one second. Yeah. Oh, no. Trying to see what daddy doing. Okay. It's all good, man. If you need to take a break, just let me know. Yeah, my bad, my bad. It's all up. It's all up. Uh, 
So, okay, so so to see how they they take um, their employment for granted was a, it was an eye-opening experience, bro, because um, like I said, I would be working, you know, 12, 13 hour days, you know, sometimes uh, getting ready to leave, I got plans and then, you know, your boss tell you, hey, you know, we got a meeting, you know what I'm saying? We got a we got a a conference call, you know, from some cats overseas, and, you know, all of this, and you like okay, cool, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna sacrifice whatever I, my plans for tonight, you know, for the greater good of this gig. And then, uh, man, when when the market crashed, you could just kind of see that uh, that man they 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 lived different lives for real because they had savings that probably could have lasted generations because i mean if we if we keep it at a buck probably still in money from day one you know what i'm saying that's why i said it, it wasn't a it wasn't a uh, a shock to me when the market crashed you know what i mean because uh like like they had been pissing money you know what i mean and 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 eventually all of that shit is gonna catch up with you you know what i mean and that's why you see a lot of the times when um, when they shit break bad, they start to kill themselves and shit like that because they can only imagine life one way. You know? They can't and, imagine life without that hundred million dollars or that forty million dollars, you know. Um, you know. And, and so it was, was eye opening. Yeah, let me let me say this because I don't want to. I don't. I want you to continue to talking because um, I like hearing this. But I know someone, um, and we were having a conversation. And he said there was a certain amount of money that his family had for him. But when things got bad, they asked him for a portion of the money back. And before he could actually give them the money because he had to, you know, you just can't smack money around like that unless you just got it like that. But he was on his own at that point. So he had to move his money around a different way. Before that happened, I think his father or his uncle killed himself because they were so used to living up so high that the thought of having to return half of the money um, just to put themselves in back in a good position was too much. And I told him, man, if you gave me, you could give me $3 million and I would turn it, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would do, I would do wonders with that. Make it wonders with that. And I said, not to be, not to sound like I don't have any sympathy or empathy for your family, but yeah, I cried over all that money that y'all already had, and you had to it had to be given back because he got caught. And instead of him just giving it back and just saying, "All right, let me let me find a different hustle, let me do let me move some shit around so I can do something different," you kill yourself. And no disrespect for nobody, you know, I don't want to say, you know, like I don't have no sympathy for suicide or anything like that. But people, where I'm from, man, you give us a million dollars, bro, we'll show you something. Yeah, most definitely. It's a hustle of kicking. Like, oh, okay, I know what to do. I know what to do now. Like, I know, I can I can take I can do this. I can do this. Let me pay off this, and I can move I can move some stuff around. Bro, that it was so much money when he was talking to me. Like, it's so much money. It's it's money that I've never seen before or held before. Had in my had in my hands, you know. So to to hear them talk about it and explain it, he was like, yeah, he killed himself, you know. After he after they found out that they were gonna get taxed or whatever was gonna happen. Said man, he, you know, uh, 
he took some pills or whatever, you know, to avoid anything else that could go wrong. My fam, you you could have made that money back. You would have got it back. See, but that's not their mindset. You know what I mean? Like coming, it's a difference when you you come up and you grow to it as opposed to always having it. You know, you don't you don't know like the trials and tribulations that you have to go through to get it. You just know I've always had it. You know, so like I said, when it break bad in your mind, it's like, oh man, life is never gonna be the same. Yeah. And at that point, a lot of them don't want to live it. You know what I mean? It's unfortunate, but it's true. I found out um me and this guy got real cool. Uh I haven't talked to him in a while, but we had gotten real cool. And he said, man, I've been through some stuff. I've been through uh, uh, alcohol addiction and things like that. So uh, there are certain things that me and you do relate. And I said, no, we don't. He said, are you going to tell me it's the color of my skin? I was like, no, I'm not going to tell you it's the color of your skin. I was just saying we don't relate. Like, I understand your alcoholism and I understand your, your, uh, your pill addiction. Like, that's cool. That's cool. But you grew up with money. I never had money. So the little bit of money that I got, I do things differently with my money. When you lose money, you guys panic. When I lose money, I just say, all right, let me figure out a different hustle. Let me figure out a different way to do things. You all start panicking and doing all that other stuff that I'm not familiar with because you already had money and you're you're accustomed to having money. You're not accustomed to losing it though. Work. Work. For me, it's it's climbing up to get the cash, right? For you, it's already the cash is already in, you're swimming in it, and it's coming out your fucking ears, and you're so blessed and privileged that you don't get that shit. I was like, so our struggles aren't the same. You never seen nobody get their hair blown off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You never heard about people that you grew up with uh, getting kidnapped just so that just so their uncle could pay back a ransom because he was doing all he was in, involved in other other type of shit. Like you don't you're not you're not familiar with that type of circumstance. You know what I mean? And I, I told him like I understand that you have went through trials and tribulations, but it's just still different. No, so it's not competitive to like like don't ever do that. No, but you know what? It's a lot of them that they they live in life and they think that way. They think, okay, well, you know, um, everything ain't, ain't been roses, you know, so my life has been just as bad as yours. No, bro, we are not the same. You know what I'm saying? And that'd be the killer part because you got to correct. You have to correct them because if you don't, they feel like, you know, I started from the bottom too. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You can walk into a bank and walk out of here with a great loan. I walk in here and, and, and they, they'll probably call the police on me for asking for that. Work, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, like stop it. Like, it's it's different and you fucking know it's different. And the reason why you may not know it's different is because you never you never been this before. you never been black. You know, like, your experience in, in America or around the world is, is always going to be totally different from mine. You know, yeah. so I definitely... Um, it's always it's always a thing where you do have to correct those type of situations, and I'm still cool with them. It's not that we ever fell out or anything, but it was just to to make him knowledgeable of the fact that you can't say that um, you started from the bottom or um, you know our experiences are the same because they're not dealing with alcoholism and pills and all that. Why were you dealing with that? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, how did that happen to you? You know, like your situation to get to that point. What happened? You did that because you had an you had excess and access to everything, so you overdid it. Where I'm coming from, they don't have access to anything, so they are doing it. Sure. Yeah. 
You did what I'm saying? So, you know, there's the, the parallels. It's not the, it's not the same parallels and you have to explain that to him. And we, we still cool. I'm still cool with that young man. We, we still talk. Um, it's just been a lot different now because I think he understands that he has a grind and get his cash up and everything and keep it. And I salute him for that. But, um, you know, yeah, those parallel, I, I tell him like, it's not the same. It's never been, it's never been the same because again, you can walk into that bank and get more money out that bank than I can. You get a 3% rate and I'll go in there, they'll give me 25%. Like, so, you know, it's not, it's not the same. You know, everything on the application can look the same too. Yeah. It's feel like they taking a bigger risk with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like selling your soul for us when we go in there and they, they charge us all that extra shit. Cause they're going to take everything. They're going to take the house, anything that you got. Work, work. And it, it's yeah, funny. We'll figure out a way to, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's funny that, that we, uh, came upon this topic because I actually, um, was talking to my wife and I am in a, a transition phase where over the next three years, I only want to use cash. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to release all of the credit, all of the debt, because I feel like in our community, that's one of the, the silent killers. You know what I mean? It's like we could have so much, but I feel like they pit credit scores and, you know, they pit certain things against us that if we knew how to just stack that paper and live below our means for certain periods of time, we could have it all. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I guess I, I'm trying to get in that mode. So, you know, not only can I leave, you know, something for my children, but I want to kind of be an example of, you know, of, of what life can be, you know what I mean? If you don't, uh, if you don't feed into the narrative that America wants you to, you know, to, to feed into, because if you turn on the TV right now, I guarantee you within an hour, you're going to see six or seven credit card commercials. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? you know, different things like that, but they, they never tell you about, you know, savings and things like that, and, you know, how to really jump into this real estate and, and things of that nature, you know what I mean? And I feel like, I feel like that's something, that's a, that's a, a tool that we could use um, in the ultimate goal of kind of having something for, for ourselves, you know what I mean? Our community. Yeah. You know? You know, a lot of people talk about, uh, you know, a black Wall Street rebirth, but at the same time, you got to take steps, you know, in order to do it. You got to have the people involved and you got to have people uh, with the right mindset and, and with the right plan to continue that and to keep and to push that, you know, like you got to be all hands on deck. And if you know the history of black Wall Street or uh, what was it, Rosewood down in Florida or something like that. And then Central Park before it was what it is now in New York, like all those people were on one accord, you know, like they all knew that this is what they were going to do and they were going to build and they were going to make something great because they kept getting t told no all the time. They kept getting told that they niggas couldn't come in banks, niggas couldn't do this, niggas couldn't do that. So they did their own damn thing. And then later we find out that the people that told us that we couldn't do it after we did it, they came in and burned our shit to the ground. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it can be done. It can be done. And, and I, I would definitely like to see it continue to happen all over, wherever we are, um, even in Chicago or anywhere. So uh, that's that's it's that, that would be a drastic improvement. And it's, it's something that can be done. But I think do you. So let me ask you this. Do you feel like we need more of our entertainers who have made it from our uh, city? Like if you're there should be a Chicago conglomerate, there should be a New York conglomerate where all that is done and they can come in and, and, and be able to spread that around. Do you feel like they should be involved? Most definitely, because because let me give you an example. If you go to New York, all of the entertainers from New York stick together. Like, like you know, they got a co-op for you know lack of a better term. If you go to Atlanta, if you go to Miami, you know what I mean? All of these places, um, they all stick together. I feel like uh, Chicago, has an array of talent and um and and just they they chicago kind of has has that it factor you know when when you see people migrate to these other places they always end up being successful right. but the thing is is it's I've, I've always asked that question why not here and i feel like um i feel like because Chicago had kind of um, the inferiority complex, like that little brother complex to New York, I don't think that they, they understood how valuable they were. So when, when you ask me that question, I absolutely think, because I mean, think about if, um, if Common, um, Kanye, um, Twister, yeah, you know, Derrick Rose. Think about all of the Anthony Davis, all of the cats that really made it from the shot if they came back and they say, you know what, we're going to put something together for us, by us. Bro, Chicago would be unstoppable. Yeah, all over the Southeast and West Side. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and I'm not downing nobody for not doing it, but I'm just saying I think that there should be more involvement. But I think the reason why more people that are from Chicago, they get on anywhere else, it's easier because they leave here. Um, I think this city is so segregated between the South side and the West side. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't go over there and I don't fuck with that person. And that whole that whole uh, tribal mentality with gangs and all that shit starts to come into play. And it becomes even harder for certain people to just work with one another because you don't necessarily see that love and trust factor in the midst, in the midst of everything that's going on. So, I mean, that's just me though, that's my opinion. I could be wrong. No, no, that's a, that's a great, excuse me, that's a great point, bro. You know what I'm saying? You make a great point. And um, it's unfortunate, and, and hopefully moving forward, um, they can, they can kind of shy away from a little bit of that, you know what I mean? And, and like I said, you know, hopefully come together and, and, and make something, you know, for the city, by the city, because I, I think that the potential here is second to none, bro. Yeah, it's, to know. it's here. It's just you know, it's it's shrouded amongst all this other all this other bullshit that's going on out here. You know, you got you got this fractured gang system that we got out here. We got the way they taxing us with everything. It's just so many different elements that uh, there isn't a lot of creativity and production and progression in the process to kind of weed those things out. You know, like when you go to New York. When you go to uh, Atlanta, like, they're not worried about gangs, man. They're worried about getting money. That's it. That's they're worried it. about getting money. Like, they don't care about all that, you know, 
who did that. They 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 can figure that shit. They can figure that shit out later. Excuse me. <clears throat> They'll figure that shit out later. But the main thing is to get money and and put their people on and and everybody become successful. Like that's what they really care about. Yeah, it's one common goal. You know what I mean? And uh, and and like I said, hopefully going forward, man. Like you know, with a lot of these young cats. Um, they'll realize, you know, that it's strength in numbers, you know what I mean? And if they can all get on one accord, that, uh, man, they could, they could really be powerful. Absolutely. I think the other part of that comes from because those guys are around each other enough to trust each other to make a dollar with one another. And they probably seen a pops and a moms doing things like that, like getting money or learning how to open businesses and things like that, like, it may some. I think something not is just innately in them, but I think it's just something that they're seeing constantly too. You know what I mean? Where where it's 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 possible to be done, so they go out and do it. And you know they have that they have that mindset, not just a mindset, but there may be someone, excuse me, giving them the giving them the direction to do it as well. Yeah, true. All right, so let's talk about these sports, man. Um, I don't know when this is going to air. But we just saw um, one of the two best knockouts of the year. The first one to me, uh, you may have a different opinion, was Zapata versus Baranchik. No doubt. Folded him up like a chair. I don't know if you saw that fight. Uh, I mean, he folded him up, man. I was just like, good God. And, And recently this weekend, we just saw Tank Davis put... Leo Santa Cruz on a snooze button before he hit the ground. Oh man, you talk about um I, I would definitely say um those are the two knockouts of the year. Okay. I mean, yes, yeah. I would give I would give Zapata the edge only because of the exchange leading up to the knockout. Okay. You know? And okay. like, like they they were going back and forth. They were, they were, yeah, they were they, you know, where I feel like I feel like Tank, I feel like Tank had kind of been setting that up the entire night, and he, I think that he just kind of once he once he realized the body shots were starting to to kind of take its toll, I think he was like, okay, now it's time, and he set him up, man, and that uppercut. Like, I mean, it was a thing of beauty because Leo, Leo never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. And man, and the way he changed, the way he dipped to the side so quick and he threw it, he, he just, he, the way he threw it was like, oh, he reached to the ceiling for that. He was reaching for the ceiling. Because yeah. he followed yeah. all the way through with that. That wasn't like a quick shot where you try to catch a guy, you know what I mean? Like you try to pop shot him. Like he reached, like he reached for the ceiling when he threw that. Yeah, he brought it. He brought it from the hip, and I I feel like that's another reason that it was a no doubter is because he slipped and he came with everything. And like I said, it was lights out, man. Leo, Leo looked like he might have been in a coma for five or six minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, salute to Leo Santa Cruz for uh, stepping up and taking that fight. Salute to the champ for um for for giving us six rounds of a great fight because it was good, but. If you saw what I was looking at, Leo Santa Cruz was coming forward, but Tank would catch him with like a body shot every now and then. He'll throw that left hand in there, boom! 
bang, and then you would just see Leo start to step back or he would step around and you would look at him like, oh yeah, he felt that. Yeah. Felt yeah. You could tell he, he could you could tell he was feeling it, you know what I mean? And, and I think I was it, like round four or five, you saw him take one one of the body shots and Tank was on the rope, Tank was near the ropes and he took the body shot, but he looked at him and then he kind of like moved left and he moved right. I was like, that shit hurt. Yeah, because it's, it's one thing to simulate it in training camp. It's another thing to actually feel that. And I think, uh, I think he started thinking once, you know, once he felt those shots, he was like, man, I got to figure out a way. And, you know, the sixth round, man, it was, you know, Leo, Leo tried to, to continue throwing those flurry of punches because that's his style. Yeah. You know? but, but in the center of the ring, though, in the center yeah. of the ring, when he got into the ropes, I was like, this is bad. This yeah. Is bad. Yeah. You know, so, but it was a thing of beauty. I feel like, um, I feel like boxing needed that, man. I feel like the sport doesn't get the recognition that, that it deserves, man. Like, like, it's, it's such a great sport. You got so much young talent, but at the end of the day, it's still boxing. And we all know, you know, people that are true boxing fans, how corrupt the sport is. Yeah, there's too many politics, you know I mean? too many promoters. And I do agree that there are too many belts as well. But I understand Roy Jones's perspective when he said, well, if you had a paper belt from Walmart, I wanted that belt, you know what I mean? And I get that, but I feel like it should have less belts. I feel like there should be like a main belt, a world championship, I ain't gonna say a main belt. I think there should be a, a world championship belt and then like an intercontinental belt. You know what I mean? Just because there may be one person who can maneuver within uh, certain elements and just get to that belt. But then there's one who just, the world beater that just whoops everybody's ass. You know what I mean? And they, they take on all challenges, but I, I, if it were one belt, like I would, I would definitely like that because that would say I'm king of the hill. And if you motherfuckers want this belt, you got to come to me and get it. Get it. You got to come get it. I mean, if anybody wants this belt, you got to come knock the king off to come get this belt. That's the only way to get it. You know? Yeah. You know, speaking of that, I feel like that's the, it's, it's, I feel like you're correct when you say it's too many belts because um, I feel like with it being so many belts, it gives fighters excuses not to make these super fights. Whereas when we were coming up, everybody fought each other. You know what I, I mean? I agree, my guy. I agree. Talk your shit. Like, like I feel like I feel like there's no reason that we shouldn't be on a Wilder Joshua three or you know um, a Fury Wilder four. Some some sense of a trilogy between those fighters um same thing with with uh with, with pacquiao and, and mayweather i feel like there's no reason we should have waited seven years for that one fight they should have at least fought three or four times or in a you situation know what I mean? in a situation not to cut you out but to also speak on uh what canelo did he won a belt and then he dropped the belt he won another belt then he dropped the belt he yeah. won 154 belt, I think, against Liam Smith and then let it go when a Charlo came and asked, you know what I'm saying, I want that fight. Then he went yeah. up to 160, won the belt, um, dropped it when he found out that Charlo was right behind him, waiting in the wing, like, yo, I'll take that belt too. I'll fight for yeah. that. You know what I mean? Because he don't, he don't, he don't want to see Charlo. No, and, and I don't, I'm, I like Canelo. Let me say that. 
All right. I like Canelo. I like the way the boy, I like the way the boy get down. His style is specific to him. And I love it. Like you can specifically see he has a style tailor-made for him. But this ducking, this this dropping belts and these franchise belts that they got now, this is it's bullshit. It's bullshit. If there was a let me and let me say this because it's just the truth. If there were a black fighter dropping belts and picking up belts, they would say he was a punk. They would say he was scared. And they would say he hasn't fought anybody. Like, let's just call a spade a fucking spade. Yeah. That were a black man doing that, they would say he was scared to fight the best fighters. But you all can hide Gennady Golovkin, who only fought two prime good, great fighters uh, that we saw. And that was Canelo Alvarez and Danny Jacobs. And Danny Jacobs wouldn't step on the fucking gas. No, no. I feel like Jacobs could have won that fight. I felt like he did win it by decision, but because he didn't have a backing, he didn't have a major promoter, they didn't call it a draw like they did with the Canelo uh, Golovkin first fight because that was a clear win for Golovkin. Yeah, most definitely. I feel like had Oscar been on the other side, Triple G would have never lost that fight. No. Nah. But nah. when you got that type of backing, they'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. And and all he did was jab that boy head off all fucking night. He just jabbed, jabbed him, jabbed him. And I'm like, man, he gonna be good by the time he get home. He didn't suffer. He didn't suffer a lot. I'm like, oh, he gonna be good. He gonna he gonna wake up in the morning. He, his head ain't gonna be ringing as bad. He gonna be he gonna be good. And then a second fight came, and I was like, oh man. And you like, which fight was which fight was better to you, the first or the second one? Second. Yeah. The second was better. Because yeah, they Canelo stayed in front of him. Yeah. Stayed in front of him. It's the it was the the perception of pressure, right? Keep throwing that jab out there. Keep throwing. It. I'm, I'm gonna start ducking and I'm gonna start shooting in and hitting them with body shots. And I love that shit because he gave you the fight that you wanted, but you didn't do it. Yeah. I want a Mexican style fight, which I thought was kind of stupid to say, you know, from the from the get-go, because if you know anything about what they call Mexican style. It's take one, two, or three to give you this one, and this right. one gonna hurt, and you gonna feel it. You know what I mean? And I feel like Golovkin did more backing up that fight than he did coming forward and trying to uh, subdue Canelo or take his head off. Um, but again, here's a guy who didn't really fight anybody. You know, if you tell me David Lemieux, I'm gonna tell you David Lemieux is is cool for what he is. But when have you ever been like, yo, he can he can really do some shit? No, no, yeah. he's definitely a B or C class fighter. Yeah, you know I mean? absolutely. Um, he didn't. He didn't fight Andre Ward. Andre Ward said, "I'll come down to 160 to fight him." He said, "All right, I'll make it even better for you. Meet me at 164." Nothing. You nothing. 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 He did nothing. He did nothing, and they made him seem like, and no disrespect, but they made him seem like he was such this awesome fighter. But when you look at, when you actually look at that resume, who? Did he fight? Yeah, yeah. You know, I equate I equate um, Golovkin's career, and I may be in the minority, but he he seems his his career is very reminiscent to Calzaghi's to mm. me. You know, because I felt like Calzaghi for years got away with um, being called this really special fighter. But when you when you break it down and you look at his resume, it's just okay. 
You know what I mean? Jeff left Hook Lacey. I think his shoulder was blown out in that fight. Yeah. And he and he whooped on him when he fought Roy. I think Roy at that point didn't really give a Way shit. Way past his prime, bro. Yeah, I think nah, Roy was fighting. Fight. Yeah, that was a money grab. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I think Roy was fighting to fight at that point. I think after he had listen, and let's 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 just say this about Roy Jones real quick. Okay. All right, middleweight champion of the world. Super middleweight champion of the world. Light two-time light heavyweight champion of the world, all right? Undisputed light heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. And heavyweight champion of the world. That, that That's not a resume that a lot of people have. No. All right? And I feel like once he became heavyweight champion of the world, I think there had to be something else for him to click on to say, I need to go back and do something else. Now, I recently saw the Joe Rogan interview where he said I had to, I was trying, I was chasing Bob Fitzsimmons, where he said uh, he had to go back down to, I think, light heavyweight or cruiserweight to get a title. And he failed at that because uh, I think Tarver had messed that up or whatever, but he said, um, he was talking, he was just talking about that situation. And I was listening, I was like, that makes more sense. But I feel like in a situation where a guy, I feel like, and if Roy Jones ever see this, man, I, Roy Jones, man, I wish you would have just took it like a year and a year and a half off, man. Cause you had done so much shit. You had accomplished so much, man. You deserved it, man. You earned it. Not deserved. You completely earned the time off seven yeah. months to a yeah. year off by yourself. Man, I'm gonna go be with my kids. I'm about to just get healthy. I'm about to get right. And I'm about to just focus on my family and then come back and whoop all the ass that you needed to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I felt, I wish I was like, yo, you don't need to fight no Tarver. Yeah, but you know what? I, I feel like that's why the people in your camp are vital to your success. Facts. You can't have a, you can't have a ton of yes men. And I also feel like um, at a certain point, you have to take a step back and you gotta, gotta look at your placement in history, yeah. you know, I feel like had he done that a little more, um, he may have taken that time off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wish that, like you said, I wish there was somebody that said, "Hey, you know, take a break. You still got some prime left, but take a break." You know what I mean? And I think he would have probably had a better camp. Yeah. And I don't, I don't necessarily know if he takes the Tarva fight at that point. You know what I mean? Because Every, every, you know, styles make box. I mean, styles make fights. Correct. But I feel like, you know, it's, it's all throughout the, throughout history, you have great fighters that certain, certain fighters give them problems. I feel like Tarver gave Roy problems. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like had he had more people in his camp to say, hey, take this time off, you know, Let's let's look at some more tape. Let him take another fight. You know, it, it might have kind of, you know, it might have evened out. But I think that it made more sense. Yeah. I think the motivation I, would have been there because you would have heard Tarver calling him out. Why you need so much time off, Roy? You would have heard that and that would have ignited his fire. He's like, dude, I've been off for six months. Yeah, I gotta let me go back in here and get this guy. And they did him like perfect. Like, we just wanted you to rest for the first three to four months. Now we want you to start knocking this weight off. 
And by the end of the year or the, the next year, we'll go and get them. Because you can't, it's, it's harder to shred muscle. Roy was like, what, 210 all muscle at heavyweight? Yeah. How are you going to get all that off and go fight this guy? And if you go back and watch that fight, because I'm sure you've seen it. You, you love boxing just like I do. When you go back and look at it, he looks soft. Yeah. But he looks soft, man. I was just like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. It, like, he, that was the first time that he had gotten the ring. And I said, man, you know what? Roy don't look like he got it tonight. He he looked old. Yeah. You know, no just tired. He looked old. He looked tired to me. Exactly. Man. You know, and tired. and uh, and that that's the first time I'd ever seen that. And it makes you question his training camp. But also, like you said, you know, to have to come down to that weight, you know, you gotta make weight. And then, you know, you know as well as I do, you blow right back up, you know. The night of the fight, man, he probably walked in the ring at 185, 190. Yeah. But mostly water, you know what I mean? Because, like you say, he looks soft. Yeah. Well, so yeah. It, it's it's on un, it's unfortunate that he had to take that L on his resume. But you know, I mean, that, that's boxing. You know what I mean? I've seen. Um, there's another interview. Uh, I'm gonna send it to you. I can't remember what is is it's called. Okay. What's his name? Spencer Veron or something like that over in the UK. Okay. He had six six of the top fighters. Cal Zaggy was there. Roy was there. Um, Chris Eubank was there. Uh, Steve, I think I think I forgot his name. Steve, I forgot his name. It was six fighters at the table. Okay. And they were all talking. And Spencer, I think his I think his name is Spencer. He asked Roy. He said, do you feel like they cheated you um, in the sport of boxing? I think that's because I'm going to mess it up. I think he said, do you feel like they cheated you uh, in the fight against Montel Griffin? He said, hell yeah, they did. Hell yeah, they, they cheated me. He said, once they did that to me, they took away from me something I couldn't get back. It was my O. So I went from an undefeated fighter to a fighter with one with one loss. He said, so I no longer had the desire in me to be the uh, 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 undefeated fighter. He said, that's what I was going to do. He said, I was going to be an undefeated fighter for my whole career. That was, He said, that was the goal. Um, I definitely think that, uh, full disclosure, Montel is a personal friend of mine. All right, all right. So, um, I definitely think that... Uh, Roy should have been given the benefit of the doubt. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think boxing is boxing is is controversial. It's, it's crooked, bro. So I don't think they wanted Roy to go undefeated. You know what I mean? Like, look at all of the greats. And the only one that's ever been undefeated, and you can question the strategy. He had a great camp. You know, Leonard's been good to him. It's Floyd, you know what I mean. But if you look at if you look at Tyson, if you look at Holyfield, you know part of this is them fighting each other. But I feel like throughout the history, I mean, not many undefeated fighters that. I mean, in the in the you know in the history of the sport, I feel like they didn't want to see Roy be one of them. I just, just, just leave it at that. I just leave it at that. 
they had been waiting on his downfall for so long, man. Yeah, that's that's why I say without without <laughs> without like rambling on, you know, and, and jumping on the soapbox, I'll say that I don't think they wanted him to go undefeated. I found it. It's called the Gloves Are Off Super Middleweight Special. All right. And it's it's like it's six of them sitting around the table. All right. I'll send it to you after we die. I'll send it to you right now. But um they all sitting at the table, and you could tell that Chris Eubank still wanted to fight. I think uh what was the other guy? I think Nigel Ben was sitting at the table, and you could tell that there was still some animosity. No, he had lost to the guy Steve. It was uh uh I think it was the white guy that had beat him. And he was he thought that he was gonna go out there and clean this guy clock and yeah. ring him out. And dude came out there and he, you know what I'm saying? And he he put him through it that night. You know what I mean? And he was upset about it. So you could tell through the course of the interview, Roy even said, he's like, you know what? You keep talking to him like you got a problem with that man. That man ain't said nothing to you. He ain't even thinking about you. He said, you know what I think it is? You still want some of that action, don't you? You still want some of that action. And then the dude told him, he said, no disrespect to him. He said, but Roy, I want you. He's like, how come you didn't fight me when I was in my prime? And Roy's like, well, at the time it didn't make no sense, whatever it was. And Roy, and Roy said, don't get it twisted because I never ducked nobody. And I know we know that for a fact. I don't think Roy never ducked no fucking body. No. I feel like the Hopkins fight could have came a little earlier. Yeah. But you know, when you start talking about making well, money. The rematch, the rematch, rather. You know? Yeah, okay. Okay. When you're talking about making money and things like that, and Bernard Hopkins is talking about a 50-50 split. And we know Roy Jones at that point was like the one of the biggest draws in boxing. And he's backed by Jordan Brand and things like that. Like there, there's no way it's gonna be a 50-50 split. You know what I mean? Like you should be happy if somebody tell you 30, 30 to 35. And and but I understand it. You know, you a hustler too. You try, you gotta make your coins. Yeah. But, um, dude, it was a it was a really good interview. I think they talked for like an hour. Um, and at, at one point the guy he got up and he left. He was like, I'm serious. He's like, Roy, I, I want I want smoke. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> just together. I, I want it. I want to do it. He said, I'm in shape. I'm feeling good. My life is good and everything. He said, I tell you what. And I think Roy told him, I tell you what. So let's set it up. He said, let's get to, let's get together and talk it out. Let's set it up. That is, I mean, that'd be dope, man. What do you think about the, the Roy Tyson fight coming up later this month? So my thing with that is, um, I do not want to see that. I do not want to see that because that can go very bad. That can go yeah. very bad. They're fighting with what, 12 ounce of gloves on? Um, yeah. No headgear. There is no headgear. So these guys are doing two minute rounds. I think it's going to be an eight round fight or a 10 round fight with no headgear. It's not something that I really want to see, but because it is boxing and these are two of the, like, the top fighters of all time that are going to be in the ring, yeah, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I just don't I, – I don't want to see anybody get hurt. No, you know, actually, I would love to see the fight. I question if it's going to happen. Really? Because I think that um, – because I, I think that Tyson is making so much money right now um, with his different ventures. I think that Roy – has had second thoughts. And I would, I wouldn't be surprised if it was strategically postponed due to COVID and then never to be heard from again. I don't um, think they're gonna do that. No. Because like you said, because like you said, 
it could go really bad. And I mean, I don't know. I'm sure you've seen the videos of Tyson training. Yeah. But if Mike catch that man the wrong way, it's it's gonna be bad for him. You know what I'm saying? So so you know, so it, you know. But I'm like you said, if it happens, I think I'll watch. It's happen. I think we're gonna see that fight November 28th. I think that fight is definitely going to happen. I just don't want no one to leave that ring in really bad shape because yeah. Mike Tyson, all it takes is one punch. That's yeah. all. That's all he need. That's all he need. And then for Roy, if that punch connects or he just feel the force that comes from Mike, and he said, "Okay, I know what this is now. Let me make the adjustment." And he decides to do something and he slips something and he catches Tyson, it could go bad too. Yeah, yeah. Most it, it's definitely it, it it definitely has the potential to go either way. I don't think it's as one sided as the casual fan might think. Because I think uh from the casual fan standpoint, they're looking at Roy and they're like, okay, well Tyson is gonna kill this man. You know what I'm saying? And I don't like you said, I think it could go either way. You know, if you know anything about boxing, then you definitely know. Um, oh, hold on, can 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 we get like a two minute break? Yeah. So uh, you were you were speaking on um, a casual fan. Yeah, like I, I feel like um, it's not going to be as one sided as the casual fan may think. I think that it could go either way. It could go really bad for for Roy. Go really bad for Mike because Roy ain't no slouch. You know, we're still talking about one of the greatest boxes of all time. You know what I mean? That's so, all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I, like I said, uh, I, I hope it happens. I'm a little skeptical as to if it will happen, but if it happens on the 28th, I'm going to be front and center. You know what I mean? Yeah, listen, uh, I, I, I just, you know, I just don't want I just don't want it to go bad because I love Roy Jones as a fighter, as a man. Um, I, I love the things that he said in certain interviews after when he's talked to uh, Larry Merchant and he's told him. I think Larry Merchant asked him early in one of his early fights. I think he had one after like he had one like two or three belts. And Larry Merchant said, What would you say to any young fighter who's watching you and he's subscribing to be like you right now? He would say, I would tell them not to do what I do. And I do this so you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, I was like, wow, man, Roy, Roy different. He was like, I go, he's like, man, I go in here and I take all this punishment and I get beat up, you know, or I say, I don't get beat up. You know, I do this because this is something I want to do. I wouldn't want nobody else to do that. He said, I wouldn't even want my kids to do it. You know what I mean? I was like, man. And then Larry Merch just looked at him. And he just looked at him. He's like, that, that's it? You know what I mean? He's like, no. he's like, Roy, thank you. I appreciate that. And then they went into the rest of the conversation. Right. But he was telling me, he's like, for any kid, he's like, you can do whatever it is you want to do. You don't have to box. You don't have to box. No, no. And, I, and, and ever since I saw that, I was like, man, Roy, different. Like, you don't hear a lot of guys say that. They don't say, man, you ain't got to box. Don't, don't box. I get in here and I take an ass whooping or I give ass whoopings. You know, because I'm really great at it, but don't, you know, like if it ain't you, it ain't you, you know, and you don't hear a lot of fighters say things like that. And that's not to say that no one shouldn't, but, you know, for the for the guys that know that they don't necessarily have to, 
he just told you, you know, like you can be anything you want to if you put your mind to it. So, yeah, yeah but I, I, that's a guy that I revere on a certain level. You know, I revere Mike just because of the, 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 the ruthless, tamed aggression that he had um, and the ability to go in there and know that the, the goal was to seek and destroy and, and leave out of there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was in a prime. And I don't, I don't want it to see, because we've seen Roy get, get hurt. We've seen Mike get hurt. You know, I don't want to see that situation go bad. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't, I just don't want to see it. Mike is um, Mike is my favorite fighter of all time. I know a lot of people look at Ali and you know, and uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and you know other fighters like that. But uh, my top five might be a little different. But Mike is definitely number one. Okay. Okay. Only because he is the one reason and the sole reason that I fell in love with boxing. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, as, as you as you know, growing up, when it was a Tyson fight, it was an event. You know what I'm saying? Like it's the clean. city shut down, you know? So, um, and I had never seen um, a physical freak of nature like that. You know what I'm saying? And it's just unfortunate that he wasn't able to reach his maximum potential, you know what I mean? Because had Cuss not, had Cuss lived 10 years longer, I feel like his career goes an entirely different way. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? You know what? Even without Cuss, I think it stood, I think it still could have been done. I just yeah. think uh, the more money that was made, uh, the more people who were able to infiltrate his camp, and he, I think he started dealing with Don King, I think yeah. once that started happening, that's what disrupted the actual uh, creative genius of Cuss because you took a guy who wasn't necessarily focused on boxing. And I don't know, Mike, I, I'm not trying to speak for you, but just on the outside of looking in, when you're, when you're seeing it and you, you're hearing about the stories about cocaine and um, all of the women that he had access to and all of the, all the things that he had in his way, you're not focused. So when you're not focused, you train, you train less. And who's going to tell you to stop? I mean, who's going to tell you to train when everybody knows you can crush jaws and break yeah. faces? Like who's going to, who's going to put you in check? Who's going to check a guy like that? A five foot 10, five foot 11 guy walking around smashing everything in sight. Who's going to yeah. check a guy like that? You know what I mean? But since you spoke on it, you already gave number one. Let's get, give me, give me these, give me these other four. Okay, um, Tyson one, Marvin Hagler two. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, um, I know that, that this is gonna this is going to uh, kind of shock some people, but um, Zab Judah three. Whoa, Zab? Yeah, Zab. Okay. Um. um I, I I put Muhammad Ali on my list. Okay. But, but, <laughs> I feel like I'm fine with that. But because I wasn't able to actually witness and only see, you know, his his footage on video and things of that nature, 
I don't think that, I mean, don't get me wrong, he was a bad man, but I don't think that um, that his fight game holds uh, the place in my heart the way that the rest of these guys That's do. That's fine. You don't even have to make, you don't even have to explain it because it's your list. It's your specific list. Like it's catered to you, not to the world. You know, that's your list. That's your specific list. You, you speak it. Yeah. So, so we went Tyson, Marvin Hagler, Zab, um, Floyd, because I, I, um, I didn't necessarily, uh, I didn't necessarily like him uh, in the beginning, but I grew to appreciate his defensive style um, later, you know, in life. And uh, and Chico and Corrales, you know what I'm saying? Like that was my yeah. man's, bro. Like, okay. you okay. know, so so that that's my that's my top five. Okay, all right. And that and that's strictly you know on um, fighting style, the excitement that that these guys had. I feel like Zab is on that list, and um, he's another one I feel like didn't reach his potential. But he was the first lefty. He was the first southpaw that that I really had an appreciation for, and just just how quick the jab would come out and how crisp it was. It was a it was a thing of beauty to me, bro. And and I feel like he was on his way. If he'd have had a better training camp, he was on his way to giving Floyd his first loss. Yeah, because to me, from watching that Floyd. Zab fight. I was like, oh shit, Zab may be faster than he is. He was faster that night, bro. Like I was looking at like, oh shit. But you know what? I think it was easy to distract Zab. Yeah. I think it was easy to distract Zab. No, no disrespect, but I think it was easy to distract Zab. And I also think, no disrespect to his pops. I think he should have had a, a different trainer. Yeah. I think yeah. he should have had a different trainer. But when you say the jab come out quick, I also think of a guy named Pernell Whitaker who was just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you kind of uh that guy. Hey, hey, that guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. that was the guy right there. Yeah, man. That was that guy. That was the guy. And and it goes back to to what I was speaking about earlier about how certain guys, like I don't think I don't think he got the recognition he should have gotten while he was here in peace. But certain, certain guys, you know, give the so-called greats fits. And he gave a lot of cats some fits. You know what I'm saying? All of the greats. <laughs> All of the greats. Uh, uh, Oscar De La Hoya, because I feel like I feel like he may have won that fight. Oh, he did, but that lets you know the machine that Delahoya had. Oh, we know about the machine and we know how it go, okay? Because when you watch him fight Julio Cesar uh, Chavez, I I watched, listen, I have watched that fight over a dozen times. And every time I watch it, I do not see nowhere in watching that fight where Julio Cesar Chavez wins that fight. I have watched that fight numerous amounts of time and I've never sat there or I can't say never I can I can I can't come to grips with saying that uh Chavez truly won that fight bro never ever no. never. I, I I don't ever see myself going yo he 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 won that fight 
Even when he went to France and he fought the other guy, what was the other guy's name? Um, I forgot the guy's name. He went over in France, he fought him. The first fight, you could clearly see he won the fight. Um, God, man, that's on the tip of my tongue, bro. I think his name might have been Chavez, too. I don't know. But he fought that guy, beat him, and they gave him a, they gave him a draw or a loss. And then he fought him again, and he came out, and he went right to him. Yeah. He went right to him. It was all speed the whole time. And it wasn't the backing up and lateral speed, but it was. But what he did was he came out, he would get his off, and he would stand in front of him and give him a lateral move. I was like, oh, he playing with you. Yeah. Not you, buddy. You had to deal with that all night. Yeah. And, and uh, that's because he, I think he knew he beat him the first time. Hell you yeah. And Hell as, yeah. Fighter, as a boxer, once you have shared the ring with a person, now you just know what they're capable of. Because now as the thinker in the ring, as the boxer, you already know what they're capable of doing, what they're not capable of doing. I've already shared blood, sweat, and tears with you. Yeah. Yeah. I already know what you're capable of doing. I know what round you break down. I know how you breathe. I know, you know, I know everything about you in there. Exactly. You left a part of that. You left a part of you in there with me. I, I know what's up with you now. Perfect. You know what I mean? Perfect. So he came out the next fight and he went right back to work. Go, I forgot the fighter's name, man. They fought in France, and you could clearly see like he was disgusted. He's like, yo, they just robbed me, man. I'm a researcher, man, because like I said, I can see it. I just can't think of the name off the top of my head because it's so long ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, he had two great fights with uh, what's my man name from 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 New York? Um, Buddy McGirt. Yeah, McGirt. Buddy McGirt. Buddy McGirt. Buddy McGirt said in one of the interviews, he said uh, he still feel the body shots from. Uh, from from Pernell. I was like, God damn. He's like, man, he said that he said he's underrated. He said, man, when that motherfucker hit me to the body, man, he said he just he just took everything out of me, man. And he was like, really, buddy? He was like, oh, he just started making noise. He was like, oh. He said, oh, that motherfucker. He said, man, he said underrated. He said, but Pernell was a good body puncher. Yeah. He hit you, he said he hit you so hard and so fast that you didn't even know it. By the time you felt it, you already knew it was a pain. And I was sitting there laughing. And he was like, let me, he's like, I'll say it one more time for y'all. He said, Pernell Whitaker could throw to the body, man. Yeah. But when you go back and look at his fights, like early on, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was banging on the inside, man. Oh, he he was cleaning cats up, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bang on the inside. Yeah, man. Pernell is one of my favorites, all right? So I'll give you Pernell Whitaker. All right. All right. Uh, The GOAT to me. Which would be uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. Okay. All right, not Leonard. The, the OG, OG. Right, right. OG. You know. Um. Who else after that? I have to put. See, and this is the problem with doing a five. I have two people that can share a spot. Spot. It would be Marco Antonio Barrera. Okay. And Eric Morales. Like they could share a spot. Out of those two, I would probably lean towards Morales, but okay. I can see how, you know. I can, so why would you lean towards Morales? I just think that he was a cleaner fighter. Um, I think he was more, his style 
when you talk about the Mexican style of fighting, I feel like he embodied that, bro, because, you know, he had a long reach and he was coming for you, you know, and he would take some shots. I didn't, I saw him take a lot of shots to give a couple, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I just think that, um, I just think he, he, he put on better in-ring performances to me, you know really? what I mean? Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, but but as you can see, like it's you know it's it's subjective, bro. Like it that's is. it is it's just a lot of about fighters. That's all. Yes, yeah, that's, that's all. But also, I uh, to cut you off though, bro. Like, huh? I said I didn't mean to cut you off. You were saying, oh, no, you good? You good? Because I wanted to know why. Because I'm a big fan. Uh, I shouldn't say big fan, but I I love to to see Barrera fight. Like all his like as many fights as I could watch, I will watch them. And the other thing about people I don't think they understood is he went from a brawler to a boxer, to a boxer brawler. Like they told him, yeah, they told him like, yo, just stop brawling, bro. Like you, if you would just box and bang, like you, you would get these guys out of here. And as he started to figure it out, he became, a, it was like a beautiful display of a boxing, but he was just like setting you up. Like you gonna walk into it. And the left hook to the body that he had was beautiful, man. Yeah, no doubt. That level to the body that Barrera had was awesome. Which brings me to uh, not my fourth, but I also want to put uh, another guy in there, Salvador Sanchez, who was a, I think he would have been a great uh, uh, before his untimely demise in a car accident because I watched some of his fights against Danny Boy and um, Wilfredo Gomez and some of the other fights he had. Man, that boy was beautiful. Yeah. That was beautiful when I would watch him box. I was like, yo, and remember at the time, I'm, I'm starting to glove up, you know what I mean? So I'm watching all this stuff and I'm looking at all the tape and I'm watching all them, like them, all them my favorites, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm looking at like, how does he do that? How does he do that? Trying to pick it all up. So number four, as we move on, who would be my number four? I think Archie Moore. Okay. I think Archie Moore would be number four. Because he's he's a god, um, he he's like a king. That's where Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Robinson, and and, and Muhammad Ali got got. That's where they got their shit from. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. And then and I, I think that when you think about him, you instantly. I think from a boxing perspective, you instantly go to his footwork. You know what I mean? Because he was light on his feet. You know, I think uh, I think so many times people just kind of focus on the punching power or, you know, um, how they how how they uh, the physical attributes that I don't think that they they look at the actual science of it and how light on his feet. He really was. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're yeah. Archie Moore. Yeah. Archie Moore. Yeah. And, and that style he had, the way he would do it, the jabbing and then he would shell up. Yeah. Just, Get in, and it would look like he wasn't gonna throw a punch, and then it was actually the setup to get the punch off. You know, I think it was it, his style was so was so crazy the way he would he could angle his feet in and, and and maneuver a certain way to get you. I just look at all that stuff like yo, how like that's that take a lot of fucking work. Or even like when I would watch, because you said Hagler, even when I would watch Hagler, and he would jab his way in and he would yeah. duck in. And what he would do is he would pin your arms up against your own body and then he would step out 
bang, 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 you know what I mean? And he would start throwing punches. And before you looked up, you had took like four or five punches to the body, to the head, and he had fucked you up. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's very, it's details like that. When they say the sweet science, it's very small things like that that you have to be aware of and pay attention to. Like, this guy is not really trying to hold you. Like, he's trying to get inside and pin your, you know what I'm saying, pin your, your arms to your body, and he want to get his shots off, man. Stuff like that I used to just pay attention to. Wow. Um, number five. Who would my number five be? I don't know. I would like to put Floyd in there because he had two different careers. He had Pretty Boy Floyd, and then he had Money Mayweather. Um, I guess I could give it to him, but I would think it would have to be 5A and 5B. Yeah. It would have to be 5A and 5B. Same. And, 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 and in no particular order, because I don't really have an order. I feel mm-hmm. like any day of the week, if I pick any of the guys that I just named, I could go to war with them and they're going to they gonna bang out. Um, I don't know, man. But outside of that, I think James Tony was a dope ass. He was a dope ass boxer too, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he gets the recognition yeah. that uh, that he deserves. I think anybody that's able to step in the ring and 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 kind of hold their own the way he was able to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like deserves you know a bit of recognition. I just think that he um. He didn't have a personality that they wanted to give him that push. You know what I'm saying? But he was a dope fighter. You yeah, know, absolutely. And and he didn't just do it in one weight class either. You oh, know what I, mean? I would have liked to see him stop at cruiserweight. And yeah. Maybe go back down to light heavyweight, but it just seemed like he cared more about you know um, just fighting more than yeah. you know training and being at a certain weight class, but. I would have loved to see him stay at like 168 or 175. Man, that boy was so fucking bad, man. He was. Man. That was he was so bad. But one thing I learned about boxing was that, and it's not to say that he did this, but you got to be careful with uh, sparring wars because you can find yourself in the gym uh, banging out hard every day or every other day. And, you know, you, your mind starts to slip and your reflexes become slower and slower. So, you got to be very careful with um, all the sparring and everything. And I learned that on my own. That was just not something I was just told. That was yeah. something that I saw firsthand from watching these guys. Supposed to just be doing light work, you know what I mean? And one guy get tagged and somebody go, ooh, and then and now they got one, you know, I got to get my leg back. So it go from getting my leg back to a whole goddamn fight, you know what I mean? So. It was just something you, you watching, like, I, I'll do that maybe once or twice a week, but I ain't doing that every day. And I've seen guys going in and try to do that shit every day. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's you definitely got to pace yourself, man. You yeah, it's very yeah. dangerous. That's very dangerous. Spar wars. Sparring wars, that's is very, very dangerous. You should get your sparring in once or twice a week and chill and, and worry about um, stamina, endurance, and everything else, you know, your game plan stuff. But, um a guy who who else would be another guy though? I think it would have to be because I don't think I I had to put if I put Mayweather in, I think there'd have to be another guy beside him. I don't know who it would be. You know who was dope to me though, too, away from the top five? I like Jermaine Taylor. When he was focused, that was yeah. a bad motherfucker too, man. Yeah, I feel like him and uh him and B Hop had some of the some of the best fights. That that Taylor Hopkins won was I felt like I felt like 
Hopkins should have got the decision. Get but out I, of here. But I, really? but I feel like, yeah, but I feel like what Taylor did was Taylor went and got it. You know, Hopkins thought, okay, you know, I'm the champ. Y'all supposed to give it to me. You know what I'm saying? At that point, he thought like, you know, I'm A-side. I'm going to get the benefit of the doubt. Taylor was just a little more hungry. You know what I'm saying? He was just hungry. You know, so um, I, I feel he like. he was working a stick. He was yeah. working a stick. Yeah, you know. Like you said, he was, he was a dope-ass fighter, bro. You know what I mean? And uh, I would have liked to have seen his career go a little a little a last a little longer you know what i'm saying but for that period he was he was nice yeah that pavlik them two fights he had with pavlik man hey hey i ain't gonna lie kelly gave that man the business bro gave him everything <laughs> gave him everything he asked for yeah man. everything so, he asked for that's a that's another thing is in that fight taylor thought okay i'm the a side fighter i'm gonna get the benefit of the doubt and he got in there, man. And it, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. At certain points of that fight, I'm like, man, what type of training camp did this cat have? Because he didn't look focused. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like he didn't, he didn't look. I'm not gonna say he, he looked like he didn't want to be there, but he didn't look as interested. Like you know, he didn't look like you know he what? was coming to fight. I never thought about it that way. The way I thought about it was that Pavlik, <clears throat> excuse me, Pavlik was too tall. I think Pavlik was too tall, and as rangy as he was, it didn't allow Jermaine to throw the type of punches that he normally throw at fighters and, and be able to slide and get out the way of everything. Because Kelly was throwing them shits all, all the way back from Michigan. Like, yeah. him, yeah. him, yeah. him, yeah. you know what I mean? Kelly couldn't get inside, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And then when he, would, when he would hit Kelly, Kelly would just be like, okay, he would just nod at him, like, you got me, you got me. But he would keep coming forward. Like, he didn't break, he didn't break away from coming forward. And that's one thing about a fighter, man. If if they know that coming forward bothers you, they're not letting up. They're not gonna let up, man. You got to kill them. Speaking of that, um, Wilder Fury two. I'm sitting at the crib with my man's watching the fight, and as they're coming out, I'm telling him. I said, I know this ain't what you want to hear. I say, but Fury about to beat this man ass. And the reason I the reason I said that was something similar to what you just said. And the tenth through the twelfth round of that first fight, when Wilder put that man down, and he thought it was a wrap, Tyson got up, and it was a look. It was a look that that Deontay gave this man like, like damn, like, <laughs> like damn, I just gave you everything I had and not only that but once Tyson got up he continued to outbox this man and it was for me it was one of those things where he was throwing the shots even though they're relatively the same size as far as or the same height rather yeah it seems like it seems like Tyson's Tyson's shots were coming from different angles, you know, like longer. He was more, he was ranger. And that second fight, I felt like from jump, you could see that Wilder was like, man, if I don't hit this motherfucker with a haymaker, 
then it's going to be a long night. And I feel like both of them realized that. And Tyson picked them apart, though. Like, yeah, but and the thing about that is Tyson is the boxer, right? Yeah. He's a thinker. He's a thinker in the ring. You know what I mean? What can this guy do? What can't he do? Let, let me offset his skill set. Yeah. Let me offset it and put him in an uncomfortable uh, situation and see how he deals with it. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't crack the code, if he doesn't crack what I'm doing, I got him. All night, yeah. Bro, when he not when he got knocked down in that first fight, especially in was it the, the 12th round or whatever that was, and he came back and he kept fighting. He was going for it. And then you started seeing a swelling around Dion. I was like, oh man. Imagine if he did that in the next fight. Because that's what I was saying. I was like, imagine if he do that in the next fight, if he just come forward. Yeah. And and that's what happened. I, I felt like he should have lost. And it's not to say that, you know, he 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 didn't win or he he wasn't supposed to. But I felt that should have been the game plan for Luis Ortiz, the first fight. Like just jump on him. Yeah. Just jump on him. Cause the it take he has a cock that hand and throw it. And if you can keep him busy and occupied without doing that shit, you'll be all right. You'll make it. Yeah. You'll and, make it. I mean, in that in that first fight, like it was clear, even in the second fight, to me, I felt like Ortiz's shots were heavier. Like, you know, I mean, it's a it's a it's a test to how um how much of a warrior Deontay is, you know, because I mean, he, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta get that ring and you gotta fight. But at the same time, not many, it's, it's not many men that could have took the shots that Ortiz was given. You know what I'm saying? And just stood there and been able to come back and, you know, and knock them out. I, I applaud both of them for getting there and doing it, man. But I kept, I kept telling people, man, and this is, you know, it's not a knock, but it's just from what I saw. It's like, man, if he doesn't learn how to box, like really box, he is going to have a problem. And that's what ended up happening. That's what ended up happening. Now they're saying, I don't know if you paid attention, but they're saying that, you know, uh, Tyson Fury gloves might have been tampered with. I saw that. I saw that. I don't believe it. Um, it would have to, uh, I mean, it would have to be substantial evidence for me to you know to think otherwise but i i think that a lot of that's just um just them trying to get a fight you know what i'm saying like i don't even think it's them trying to get a fight i just think it's the it may be the shock of him losing like that you know yeah. it may be his ego but i don't i don't know i just don't feel like you know so they, they had the evidence of the floppy glove right his gloves flopping around and he they yeah. say he was he was he wasn't punching, you know, with the, with the glove correctly or whatever. It's all these different things. Here's my thing about that: Who laced those gloves up, and what person was in your camp was watching that? Yeah, yeah, and that that's why I that's why I feel like after um was it Margarito uh, Mosley Mosley, you know what I'm saying? When when my man was like, nah. That ain't it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I seen when it checked on that shit, he's like, no, 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 no. Wrap it again. Wrap it yeah. again. Do that again. Because they said they had to wrap the gloves three times. Yeah, yeah. And and I feel like you haven't seen anything in the sport like that since because everybody is so careful. Yeah. So how does that happen in one of the biggest fights of the year? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think that. 
And the only other way it could happen, I guess, is if you have the uh, horsehair gloves where you can move the padding around. But I don't know if the I don't know if he had horsehair gloves because no one ever mentioned that that's what he was using. True, true. Uh, so it's very it's a very sketchy situation. I don't I'm not saying that it's true or it's not true. I just feel like um, a lot is going in. Excuse me, a lot is going into that situation. But here's the thing: where I could say it could be true. All right. If I'm the better boxer, I don't need nothing in my fucking glove to beat you. No, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna outbox you. If you're Tyson Fury, and I know I can just I can just I'll just just beat you because I'm better. I have a better foot movement. I'm a smarter fighter, and I I I know there are different things in the ring, different skill sets that I have that you don't have. I feel like he wouldn't have needed that. So if you did cheat, what was the whole what was the whole purpose? True. True. You know what I mean? So if you are the better boxer, why would you need to cheat? Yeah. Now, you know, if, if I don't know, it's all sketchy to me, man. Like I'm, I'm up in the air with the whole situation, but the more stuff that gets said, it just sounds weird. And I just saw the new article where he's calling, uh, he called Mark Breland disloyal. Uh, he said Mark Breland, uh, uh, he thinks Mark, Mark Breland put something in his water. I mean, First, see, see, like, yeah, that, that. Because, because at first it was the headgear. You know what I'm saying? He said the headgear and everything was was heavy on his legs, and he didn't have his legs when he got in there, and it affected his punching power. And then, you know, they questioned the gloves, and now he questioning the water. It's like it's one of those things where I'm like, bro, I think it's just ego. You, you a sore yeah. loser. Yeah, sore loser. You know, and I mean. To no fault of his own because his camp and the boxing world, you know, they uh, uh they they crowned him before he was tested. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And then a couple of tests that he did have when he fought Luis Ortiz, I was like, well, he got to be good. And yeah. after I saw those fights, they was like, well, what you think now? I was like, nope. But even then, it's like, how old is Luis Ortiz? Do you that's think that's what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Like, even after those fights, they was like, well, what you think now? I was like, no, I don't. I haven't seen it. No one hasn't been able to make him dig. Yeah. And that's not to say that he he just, it can't be done. It's just that we we haven't seen it. Even as, so Floyd went 50 and 0. We've seen fighters make Floyd dig. Yeah. We've yeah. seen his fight with Castillo twice. We've seen the fight with Maidana throwing all type of stuff and haymakers and everything. We've seen four fights where we know he's had to dig. And then we've seen other fights where he just made guys, where he just just embarrassed guys, man. He just made them look average. Yeah. We didn't see the type of fighters that he could do that with, you know? No. And the guys that did, he did. He knocked them out. And I salute that. Like, you did knock these guys out. You put everybody on their ass and you got them out of there. But the one time you get beat, champ, Suck that shit up, man. Like, yo, if, hey, if he beat me fair and square, he beat me fair and square, man. I'm going to just take my loss. But the dent on your side, if you had a dent, and they need to find that shit out, man. But how did that happen if someone is supposed to be from your corner in that dressing room watching that shit? Yeah, yeah. I just feel like, like you said, it's ego. I feel like certain cats, because Floyd has um, made us believe that if you don't go undefeated, you ain't shit. I feel like it, it hurt his pride in a different way 
Whereas, like you said, he should have just took that L, said, you know what? I lost to the better fighter tonight. I'm going to do better next time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You I, know. Think the, I think another – go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I think another part of that is uh, training properly. You know, yeah. me from what I saw, what, what I see when I be looking at him, you know, I, the jab. Um, it's been a few fights where I've seen him, like, use his jab. But those last fights against the opponents that he had, against like a Lewis Ortiz, where you thought, you know, he, he did kind of like slip it out there a lot, but he had that he had that long range gun ready to go. And I think against a guy like Tyson Fury and movement would have would have offset what Tyson was trying to do. It made him work a lot harder. But what you in the first fight, you see Tyson moving. And I'm like, oh, I, I know what this is. You know, you gotta you gotta keep the confusion up. Yeah. You gotta keep the confusion up, you know, and make him think when he make him think when you know, and then you throw you throw the jab out there, and he was catching Wilder yeah. with the jab. I'm like, there it is, you know, and then I'm like, all right, Deontay, now you have to figure it out, figure out your own. But the way he would jab would be weird, you know, like he would throw his foot out, and I'm like, man, what is he doing? Yeah, you know, but I, I don't know, man. Like it's a lot of it's a lot of opinions out there. We got one, you got conspiracy theories out there. All yeah, the cheating and everything. I don't know, man. I, I mean, if you go back and you look at the first two or three rounds of the fight of the second fight, he, he looked like he prepared more for a street fight than an actual boxing match. You know what I'm saying? And, and like you said, just look at his stance and and everything. And I, yeah. I just I feel like you know he to me he wasn't ready. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. he thought I'm gonna get in here. I'm a latest. You know. Like you said, I'm going to hit him with this haymaker, and that's going to be it. Yeah, and the other part is, like, you don't ever see him, when guys get in close, you don't ever see him throw uh, places shots, you know, on the inside. You never see him do in fighting, no type of inside fighting. So those are always things that I, were, I was worried about. But that's what I kept saying <clears throat> with Luis Ortiz. I was like, well, if he gets smart enough, he'll jab his way to the inside, just back him up. And once you get on the inside, you're going to catch him. Yeah. You're going to catch him because he don't know he doesn't do that type of work. He's just used to dazing people and just throwing haymakers, you know what I mean? Because, you know, he got you hurt. But I was like, if someone gets in close enough or just backs him up, he's going to pay. He's going to pay yeah. dearly. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if there was some cheating. If 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 Tyson Fury cheated, that's some bullshit. I don't accept that um, because you're playing with somebody's life and you already, you know, you it's already two warriors throwing fisticuffs, you know, to to see who's a better man. And now you're using uh, PEDs and, and uh, egg weights or whatever they saying was in the glove. Like I, I don't, I don't like that shit, man. I think that's nah, if 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 he if he cheated, if he loaded his gloves, that sucker shit. And they should look at banning him from the sport because, like you said, the sport is corrupt enough, man. That it's like there's no there's no room in it for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I just think I just think at that's at the, at that point, if you are cheating, man, like just get just get these people out of here, just get these people out the way because they're messing up a sport where people are already risking their lives, man. Like, what more? What more do you want from a person other than getting in there, training for eight to twelve weeks, and then going in there and now you're gonna be in here cheating? I'm about to risk my life to go in here and fight you. And now you're gonna go in here with illegal rapping and shit like that, yeah. dude. When I saw that Mosley fight against Margarito, 
and they came back and said that shit. I'm like, man, get the fuck out of here, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because when you look at um um who did he give his first loss to? Um damn man. The Puerto Rican cat. Um Cotto. Cotto. The way he Bust opened Cotto Cotto, shit up, man. Yeah, the way he opened Cotto up, bro, it was like it was like, man, you you thought like damn, like I ain't never seen nobody do this to Yeah. To, like you know, when they when they was showing his face. I was like, God damn! Like mm-hmm. that. I was looking at him like I don't. I don't recall him getting hit like that. No, and and to see how he performed against Mosley, the Cotto's second fight, and against Pacquiao, when you ain't got the, you know, when he didn't have them reps, he was a totally different fighter, man. You know, and and I feel like you got to kind of look at his career and wonder, like, you know. Which fights was he legit and which fights was he cheap? At, at that point, you got to say it, it, none of these fights you were legit. You know what yeah. I mean? Because if you knew you had to use that against Mosley, who else did you know that you had to use that against? Word, word. You know. So we know you. We know you had to use that against Cotto because you know he was coming with them things. Yeah, Cotto beat that man ass that first fight. If he oh had man, to- that was a beautiful fight until you just saw seeing Cotto backing away. Yeah. And I was like, what is he, what is he doing? Go for it. Don't back away, go for it. Get on the inside. Go on the inside. Like fight on the inside. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was crazy. Yeah. And then he just started like all the gas just started coming out. I'm like, uh oh, this is not good. And then he took that knee. I was like, oh no. No, don't do that. You know. <laughs> that hurt. But then when Mosley went in there and whooped on him, bro, oh. It was a thing of beauty, like yeah. You know, gave that man what he was looking for. Yeah. You know? Hey, did you do you ever go back and watch that fight? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I YouTube a lot of these fights, man. Yeah. You know, man, Look at that Mosley Margarito fight, bro. Within the first, was it like the first fifteen or thirty seconds? Margarito throws a punch too far, and Shane steps back and he hits him in the body. Go look at that, and you'll see you'll see uh Margarito hunch over. Oh, you could just say he took all the shit out of him, man. From that <laughs> opening round, and he hit him, bang, and you just see him slump over. Go back and watch it. Go okay, back and watch. You're gonna see him slump. He's gonna slump. I'm, I'm telling you, and you're gonna you're gonna see it. And he's like, all you could just tell. I was like, oh, that hurt. That hurt. He threw a right hand to the body, bro. I'm dead serious. Go back and watch it. I watched that fight like. Once or twice a month, man. Just so, just to see that, just to see that first round, he hits him right in the body, man. It's just like it just caves all that shit in, and you can see Margarito step back and he like hunches over, and then that's when Shane like jump on him because he's like, oh, I, oh, I, I did hurt you, I did yeah. hurt you, cool. But yeah, that was a that was a crazy fight. Yeah, no doubt. I'm gonna check that out though, yo. Hell yeah, watch the watch the very first round. It's like the first fifteen or twenty seconds in the first round, he hits him with like a a, a shot. Crazy right hand, like you know, Shane throw with power, so he do that shit hard. Boom, and you just see Margarita like step back and he hunches over. I was like, ooh, that's pain. That's all pain right there, you know. Um, what are some What are some other fights in throughout the course of history that you like? Um, as far as boxing goes, definitely uh, Tyson Holyfield won. Okay, you know, even though I, I didn't enjoy the outcome. That's that's a story for another day. I feel like I feel like Holyfield was uh 
was doing some dirty shit, but you know, that's boxing. You got to adapt. You know, I think Mike got distracted. Um, uh, George Foreman, Michael Moore. That was crazy. That was crazy. Uh, I felt like, felt like Moore was winning the fight. I felt like, um, you know, I felt like Foreman took all the heart out of him, man. I, I felt like he underestimated my man and, you know, and the, the rest is history. Um, all of the Marquez Pacquiao fights, you know, like craziness, especially the Pacquiao knockout, man. Like that, that was, that was insane. Yeah. Let, yeah. let me ask you a question about that before you go further about the fights you like. Do you think Marquez was a uh, PED? You think, no, 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 I don't, I don't, think so. I, I don't, I don't think he was, I don't think he was, uh, he was using, I think that his training camp. Um, I think they focus more on um, getting him stronger instead of him being quicker. And I, I think it was just the right place at the right time because um, I feel like even though he knocked Pacquiao out, he was still losing that fight on the scorecards. You know what I'm saying? Pacquiao or... Uh, or, or... Marquez. Marquez was losing that oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, he had got knocked down before that, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like he won some fights that they call draws, but I feel like in that particular fight, he was losing. And Absolutely. I one of the reasons he was losing is because he had lost some speed to have that power, and it worked out for him, you know. But no, I don't. I don't think he was losing, you know. And then um, I'm a little uh, worried about that one. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, Hagler Hearns. You know, is an all-time great. You know what I'm saying? Um, yes, it is. Let me see, man. Uh, I would say, what What do you think about um, Gotti and Ward? Those were cool. Yeah. See, I don't. I don't. They, those don't hold a place in history for me. The way that some other people kind of uh, revere those fights. Yeah. You so. Know? I could replace those fights with these two names, Marquez Vasquez. Oh. Marquez versus Vasquez. I can yeah. replace that easily. Yeah. Because yeah. they went to war. Three fights. Yeah, they went to war. You know what I'm saying? War. You know, um or I could or I could say Barrera Morales. You yeah. know what I mean? By the third fight, I don't think neither one of them wanted to be in the in the ring with each other anymore. No, no, you know, so. Um man, it's it's just so many, bro. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> it is. You know who's a boxer that I like, man, that a lot of people don't even speak on because they're not aware of him? Who? Paul the Punisher Williams, bro. Oh yeah, man. You know, um it's unfortunate that his career, you know, but I I seen him knock some cats out and you just like, damn, like yeah. to be that tall. Yeah. To have, you know, to have that much power, you know, yeah, he was, he was, a, he was dope. I think it was power, bro. I just think it was just because he threw so many punches that you didn't see that final one coming, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like if you watched, have you seen his fights versus uh, Maravilla? Uh, Sergio yeah, Martinez, Sergio Martinez? Yeah, yeah. And Wait, he caught, caught my man. <laughs> You know, out. yeah, out, out. But that's the thinker. 
in a Sergio Martinez, like, I know what we did last time. If he leans in that way again, I'm going to catch him. You know, when a boxer, that's what I tell people, man. If a boxer has a time to sit there and think all night, he'll pick you apart. Marquez, one Manuel Marquez had four fights to dissect this dude. I remember after he, um, I seen an interview with him like last year, the year before last, and he was talking about it. He's like, man, I could just never, he's like, I could just never figure it out. He said, and he said, and he said, the thing that bothered me the most was that he was so fast. He said, but by the time you adjust to it, he had already done something else. So you were so busy worrying about everything that he was doing that you couldn't set him up for nothing because he's always coming in. He's always coming forward and he's always changing his look. He said, but the angles, he said, he comes from so many different angles that it's not like fighting anybody else. I, I always say, I was like, one day he gonna crack that fucking puzzle because anytime a boxer gets the chance to sit there and figure that shit out, he gonna figure it out, man. Yes. He gonna figure it out. Yeah, man. He gonna and, figure it out. Once man. he did, once he and, did, he he uh he got his money's worth. Yeah, man. I mean, that motherfucker was down there sleeping face first. <laughs> My goodness, bro. Yeah, man. I saw that. I was like, oh. And then when he was laying, I was like, nowhere. came out of nowhere. I was like, Lord, please don't let that man have a broken neck. Yeah, it was please the end of the round. It, it was like he walked into it. Yeah, because that's the punch he was used to seeing, though, right? Yeah. He launched for it with that right hand, and then he threw that left right after. And Marquez was like, here it come, because he kept backing up. He kept resetting his feet, and he just dipped down and threw it. I was like, yeah, night-night. Yeah, man. Yeah. Night-night. That yeah, that was, that's a... So his fights were... His first fight with uh, Morales was good too, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, fight. I feel like I feel like they their styles matched each other. Yeah, you know two aggressive mean? dudes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You two know, aggressive and, dudes. Um, it, it just made for just made for some great fights, man. Hell yeah, two comfort. And I remember after one of them fights, uh, Pacquiao had said he's like, uh, "I don't want to fight no more Mexican fighters." He's like, "Yo, give me somebody else, man. I'm tired of this shit." Yeah, you know, out of this shit. Give him uh, um, what's the what's the cat that I I thought he killed dude in the ring, man. Um, the the bum from over overseas, man. Uh, Ricky Hat. When, you know, when Floyd got him, or when uh, Pacquiao, when got, Pacquiao him. got him. Yo, that left hand came out of nowhere, bro. Yeah, that shit yeah. Fat. yeah. That motherfucker yeah. was asleep. He was asleep right. before he even hit the ground. Yeah, but but see, but that that's the thing. He he fought Hatton after he made that comment, you know, and it, after after fighting these Mexican cats, and then you fight a cat like that, it was I mean it was easy for him, you know. Yeah, like I said, second and third round, it was lights out. When did he fight Cotto? Was that after Hatton? Long after Hatton, he fought Cotto. Um, I want to say closer to like two thousand. 2009 maybe okay. 2010 okay you know but he 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 caught Cotto when Cotto's confidence was shaken from that margarito shit yeah and then i think and then floyd had had gave him a a whooping too yeah floyd had yeah. gave him a nice whooping yeah and it didn't even look like floyd was hurting him but when when the fight was over and he he saw his face he was like man what the fuck yeah like cuz cuz the thing that the, the I, I guess the rap on Floyd is for whatever reason they feel like he can't dish out punishment. Yeah. But I mean, you know, them shots hurt. 
You know what I'm saying? Before Floyd started breaking his hands all the time, like Floyd would give you some punishment. You yeah, know what I'm he saying? He was fucking people up. Like he, he at one point he was like 20, 26 fights with 20 knockouts or some shit like that. Yeah. I don't think people know that about Floyd. Like early on in his career, he people were going to sleep, man. Oh yeah. People were a lot of those guys went to sleep uh messing around with Floyd. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, you know. Uh, and I think that it, had he had the power in his hand and his hands wasn't brittle when he fought uh Carlos Baldemir, he would have probably knocked him out. Yeah. Yeah. He would probably knocked him out. But you know, Carlos Carlos Baldemir, by the time he got to the ring, he was like 185, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> like 185. You know? yeah, he, man. Ain't, he ain't care either. He's like, shit, either you're going to fight or you're not. What's hey, stuff? for real. You know? Yeah, but um, also another uh, some other great ones for me, probably you too. Uh, Hermes Leonard. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. I feel Tom like great. Yeah, man. You know, um, I feel like Hearns, he's another one, man. For whatever reason, don't get the credit he deserves. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. He um, won like, what, five or six weight classes? Yeah. I feel like, but they, they quit to just lump him in as, you know, just an average fighter. When, like, dude was great. It's just that, yeah. you know, Sugar was just... You know, he was he was just in a different he was just in a different place. Sugar Ray was totally something. It was a totally different monster, but yeah, you know, so, so was Tommy. Tommy was listen. This motherfucker fucking knocked out Duran, bro. Yeah, yeah. Gave Duran them hands, bro. You know what I'm saying? He hit Duran with that. Yes, bro. Bang! That motherfucker went straight for it. Like I am gone. Hey, for real, you know. Yeah, Tom, yeah, Tommy was a bad motherfucker because he went all the way up to like heavyweight and won. Yeah, yeah, man. So, you know, he had some wars, bro. Yeah, you know hell I mean? yeah. But you know, his only thing about it was when he when he got caught right on the chin, he was it was time for him to go. Yeah. Iran Barkley caught him. You know. Yeah. Now, I mean, but but I mean, if we if we if we keep it at a buck, like Iran. Bro, he had he has I'm not saying he didn't. The blade the blade had hands. The blade had hands. I'm just saying when you caught Tommy on the chin, you know, it was a yeah. good chance he was, you know, he was gonna he's gonna take a nap. No, true that. True that. Yeah, so I mean there's some really good ones out there. Um, some really great fights, some really great fighters, of course, man. I'm just, I just wish I hope or I would like to think that these fighters would take it back into a position where it'll be more of them fighting the best instead of just running or, uh, or belt, just belt jumping or cherry picking, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, 130 division looks good. 135 looks good. 147 looks good. 154 looks good. 160 looks good. 168 looks good. And I hope more of these guys will start, will start uh, taking the opportunity to actually fight instead of, uh, dropping one belt and picking up another or everybody signing with different networks to keep, you know, to keep from uh, fighting everybody, you know, and which brings me to the other point of, I, I'm trying to figure out Andre, like, what does he fit in? Like you're on the zone. You can't fight Canelo. How does that, how, do, how, how come that doesn't happen? Uh, I honestly feel like it didn't happen because De La Hoya didn't want it to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, there I it know, is. 
yeah, you know, I, I feel like um, I feel like it was probably some some step aside money, you know, absolutely handed out. You know what I mean? But that was definitely a fight that I feel like the fans were robbed of. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah we gonna throw this belt at you. We gonna we gonna set you up to get one of these belts that ain't you know that's available. You, you know, you go fight who you wanna fight. Get you yeah. ready for Canelo, which basically means you ain't. We ain't gonna throw that motherfucker in front of you, man. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know, but that, but that's my biggest thing with this sport. Is it's such a great sport, and I feel like one of the reasons that the UFC has taken off the way that it did over the last 15 years was because Dana was making the fights that the fans wanted to see. Yeah. You know, wasn't no ducking. You know what I mean? It was either you're going to fight or you're not, you know, or you can go to one of these, you know, other agencies, you know, but, uh, or federations for like that. Yeah. Um, go to one of these other leagues and fight, but as long as you over here, you will here. fight the best fighters. If you have the belt, you will fight the best. There's no way that you can duck around that. And I love Dana for doing that shit. I think it was one of the best things ever instead of including a bunch of belts, but boxing, I would like to see boxing follow some of that, man. Like, yeah. Give it all these belts, man. There's too many intercontinental and and uh, gold and platinum belts. Like, you don't need none of that shit, man. Let these guys get out here and scrap for, like, one or two belts, and that's the baddest motherfucker on the planet. And leave yeah. it at that. To me, it's always going to be WBC, IBF, WBA. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, you know, Aaron ain't going to let go of that WBO. That's no. not you know, Most of the majority of his fighters got WBO belts. Yeah. Uh, you know, but yo, look how they did Tank. I mean, not Tank. Look how they did uh, Devin Haney. They calling, and there's no disrespect to Tail Fimo, but they calling him undisputed with a franchise belt, not the WBC belt, yeah. but with the franchise belt. Yeah, but that's that's because that's that's who they want to push out there. Absolutely, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you feel like he the baddest motherfucker, don't tell, don't say that he the undisputed. Make sure he go fight the next, the guy after. And I feel like with Aaron, he's probably going to tell Loma to go back to 126. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we won't see a rematch of uh, of Loma and Lopez. And I feel like we'll be hard-pressed to see Lopez Haney. I think we might we might mess around and see uh, a Tank versus Haney. Before yeah. we see it's going to be one of those three. It's going to be a Lopez, a Haney. Or a tank somewhere involved in there. That's what it's gonna be. Cause Loma's not gonna. He ain't gonna. He definitely ain't gonna go for no uh, no Devin Haney. He don't want that. No. He but definitely I, don't want that problem. I feel like I feel like Lopez Davis. I feel like that'd be a great fight. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that it'll be some fireworks. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully as fans, we won't have to wait. You know, five six years to see that. I saw what Lopez said about uh, Loma. He said, he said, hell, no, ain't no rematch. He said, not only is it not in the contract, but he said that motherfucker said he hurt his shoulder. He hurt, he hurt his right shoulder or something. Well, he said, oh, how was you throwing your jab out if you hurt your shoulder? How was your shoulder hurt? He said, if you're gonna make it, if you're gonna make excuses, I don't wanna, I don't wanna fight you then. True. I don't wanna fight you. Everybody in that game hurt. All them guys hurt. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like that. So, um, 
the media gonna tear him apart. The fans are gonna say, "Oh, he ain't what he say." Everybody was saying he is and everything. I just, I still think Loma's a, a a top talent. I just think they threw people in front of him that they knew that he could beat. You know, that his foot moving would would carry him, or they knew his hand speed would outwork certain guys. And when he fought the Axe Man, they fought the Axe Man. The Axe Man hadn't fought in like a year, and then you put him in a uh, his fight coming back he fights like the biggest name so that was an easy win for him uh instead of him fighting Guillermo Rigondo at a uh 122 when he when they should have fought they waited till he moved up to 130 and made Guillermo uh, move up and then stripped him of his belts that's some racist bullshit going on right there so um it's just all these things that they did for Loma to to place him in a proper position same way they did with Golovkin I felt like if he would if he was to fight a Charlo or, or one of these guys that can really pop and, and can really box, it'll just sink his stock because they know that he'll be exposed for what he is. But um, I think he'll have to go back down to 126, man. I think Loma has to go to 126. If he stays at 130, Tank is going to say, I'll take that fight next. And after, after he saw what uh, Leo did, I know he's like, yeah, I can get him too. I can get him. And I, I, and I can do it better and faster too. You know, I feel like I feel like he Tank is a dog, man. I just feel like if if Tank is is in there with him, there will be two soft southpaws in a ring together, and Tank is just gonna walk him down. Yeah, yeah. Especially if he come in focused and off a great training camp like like we saw on Saturday. I think he will. I think he will. I think Floyd would tell him, in order to be the best, you can't play with none of these motherfuckers. Like you have to establish dominance every fight. And because Tank is, is a pit bull, I think that he will be focused yeah. To, yeah. To, to get at Loma. But yeah. I don't I think that's I think they'll Aaron will maneuver him somewhere out the way and wait for a, a, a belt to drop or something like that. Yeah. I feel like that's what he'll do. He'll wait for one of them guys to move out the way and tell Loma to go get the belt. Um they're not gonna they're not gonna fight. But I think it'll be a Haney, a Lopez. Or a tank. I think that'll be like the three fighters that may end up fighting. Yeah, hopefully that's what we see though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, you know, but uh like I said, man, you know, it's been a it's been a crazy yeah. year. So hopefully we get one more, you know, decent fight to close out the year and you know and so, see. Well, who would it who, who would it be? Who would it be? Cause it's too late to make a fight, right? Yeah, I will, you know. At this point, maybe uh, maybe maybe Roy and uh and Tyson to give us you know last <laughs> little hurrah. You know what I'm saying? So man, I don't. I'm scared for that fight, man. man you know, I don't want them guys to get hurt. No doubt, man. You know, let's see, man. You know, it'd have been nice to see the Charlos get back in there because both of them had knockouts, didn't they? Uh, no, yeah. No, no, no. The older brother, the younger, the younger uh, twin had a knockout, and the older brother boxed all the way through, right? Uh, you know what? I don't know. Because Jamal, I think he, I think he had to box all the way through. Yeah, I think Jamil had a, I think Jamil had a knockout. Jamil had the knockout. He he gave dude the Holy Ghost with the jab. I remember <laughs> that. But I think Jamal, he went all twelve rounds with Devinchenko. Okay. And I thought he was. I thought I thought that was prime for a KO, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, they just so strong, bro. They they just so athletic, man. That it's like they any, big, bro. 
Yeah, could knock out. I feel like with a little as as they get older, I feel like um with a little more seasoning, they could they could really be special. You know what I'm saying? It it would have been so bad so much better if um Jamal would have been doing what the trainer was telling him to. He kept telling him, go to your right, stop going to the left, go to your right, because he had he had already puffed up his eye. He's like, yeah. he can't see at he, Jamal, he can't see out the eye. Go to your right, go to your right. And you know, if you hit the body, he gonna see you leaning down and you come over the top, he would have put him to sleep. It'd have been a vicious knockout. Because yeah. that eye, you could tell, and then he started hitting him in the eye with the jab. You could tell it was bothering him too when he was getting hit. Because he was looking at him like, man, what the fuck is he hitting me with? You know, exactly. but, but I would I wish he would have I wish you would have done more of that. But it was a good fight though. It was a good fight. I seen him. We seen him go through some, go through some. You know what I'm saying? Inside fighting. Uh, Derevchenko kept trying to scrap with him and everything, and he was shrugging that shit out. He was throwing them hooks to the. I was like, yes, let's go, Maul. Let's go, Maul. Show these motherfuckers you got. It. He was throwing that uppercut. I was like, man, he's so big, man. He was taking them shots and shit. I'm like, man, Maul is a fucking animal. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? And I mean. They want to scrap. They not. They not oh, running. Yeah. No pressure. You know what I'm saying? So, want that shit. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's you want that shit. And I think that people. I don't. I think that that people know that shit too. They're like, yo, I ain't going in there gonna try to try to fight them like that. Them motherfuckers want to kill. Yeah. Yeah. Want to kill. Like that's why I feel like that's why Canelo ducking. You know what I mean? But I feel. I feel like that's part of. But I feel like the other part is. He know he's gonna get. So. To go back to kind of get to my point, his fight against Arislandi Lara, I think he lost. Really, Canelo? Yeah, you I know feel like what? he lost that fight. I feel like I feel like he did exactly enough to win the fight. <laughs> I think he lost, man. I feel like he did exactly enough to win the fight. Um. Man, I, I was talking to my guy ICL about that, bro. Um, you know, my my thing is with these ASAP fighters, bro, is a lot of the times, man, one of the judges is gonna have you up on the scorecard already because they in your corner. Absolutely. So I feel like him knowing that, I feel like um I feel like he did it just enough to where people wouldn't question it. You know what I'm saying? I like us as boxing fans, you looking at it from a different perspective, especially with you, you know, being a fighter. It's one of those things where you looking like, nah, that, that wasn't enough. From the crowd, they like, it was close, but it was enough. You know what I'm saying? I've watched that fight a couple times, and every time I look at it, I go, I see you getting this fight because you're the bigger draw. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and because I forgot her name, but she's usually at Floyd's fights, and uh, I forgot her name. The, the lady who wears the glasses, she's a judge, and she loves boxers. And oh, anytime yeah. Floyd's fights, she always scores for Floyd because he's a beautiful boxer and he, yeah. he does he does well defensively. She's always going to score for 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 a boxer. So in that situation, I could definitely see. Uh, for Canelo, like a, a judge already having him winning a fight. But I don't think he won. I, I think that 
I think that the ring generalship went to Lara. Defense, of course, went to Lara. And I think the cleaner, more telling punches went to Lara as well. I mean, that's the scoring system that they're using. So the clean, effective punches, like I saw Laura slip punches and pop him and then slip back out the way again. So that's what I saw. But um, to get up to date, I think if any, if it was any one of those Charlos that said they didn't want to, they didn't want to bang with him and they started doing that, they would easily win that fight. Yeah, no doubt. They would easily win that fight. And I feel like if you hit a guy like Jamal, and he feel like he feel like that shit got something on it. He's coming right back. Yeah. He's coming right back, and that's that's they, they built differently. Yeah, they they, they built differently. They warriors, they warriors, bro. They want that shit. <laughs> <laughs> they want all. Well, they well arrow say I want all the smoke. They want the smoke, bro. Yeah, yeah they man. want the smoke. But yeah, um, I would have loved to see. One of them fight Andre, but of course I heard there was a problem with that because he ducked him. Uh, no, he didn't duck them. He canceled the fight. He pulled out the fight like two or three weeks or something before the fight was supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. He said they'd never do business with him ever again because he, he fucked up money. So um, I guess we'll never see that happening. But um, I, would, I would like to see these big fights get made, man. Yeah, hopefully, Shit, man. For real. Canelo need to pick a weight class, stick to one. You know what I'm saying? I know there's a David Benavidez waiting on him. I know there's a Caleb Plant waiting on him. There's fighters everywhere, man. Yeah. You can't can't keep ducking. You gotta fight somebody, bro. And not these little, not the, no. You can't keep doing what the glove can do, man. We can't we can't be doing that, bro. True. True. Can't keep having that, man. That shit. I, I don't like that shit. Because you 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 patting the record, and who are you fighting? Yeah. Yeah, true. I'm telling you, you know. When you say that you fought champions, when they go and look at it, they're going to look at how old these guys were when they fought. When you fought Cotto, he was on his way out. Yeah. yeah. When you fought Floyd, Floyd wasn't really looking for you. He wasn't even checking for you. He even said you were ripe. He said you were too raw. Yeah. But because they kept saying Floyd was scared, he took the fight. He's like, all right, I'm going to prove to y'all how raw this kid is. I'm going to go in here and I'm going to embarrass him. I'm gonna get paid. I'm gonna get paid for it. Oscar, Oscar, his Oscar's disdain for Floyd. Yeah. Forced that fight. He he put him in a bad situation. And to Oscar's point, I think after that he was like, "I'm never gonna put you in that situation again." That was on me. You know. Yeah. What I'm saying? So. Because what he thought was, he had. Sorry about that. He had like a uh, a young gun that was gonna come forward. And 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 put the pressure on Floyd, and that ain't that ain't what he do. Canelo's no. a a counterpuncher, man. Yeah, and and Canelo out of his own mouth said, "I couldn't catch up." So yeah, it's too fast. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's too fast. What you gonna do? Yeah, you know. What you gonna do with a guy like that, man? He know the game. He been doing this all his fucking life. He was what 22 at the time when he got in there with Floyd. Fresh, bro. He was fresh. You imagine 23, Floyd. 23. Come on, man. Floyd got so much more experience. Floyd was like 38 at the time. Yeah, yeah. 36, 37, 38. Yeah. You going to school? Oh, 
And think about if Floyd actually had pop, like some hard pop with that uppercut he caught him with, or that when he caught him with the right hand over the top. Yeah, I'm like, man, if, if Floyd's hands were healthy and he could and he could bring your fucking bell, dude, this would be a totally different subject. It, it would. They would have You know what? They would have never put him in there with Floyd. If he could pop, if Floyd was able to pop hard, mm -hmm. they would have put him in there with, with Floyd like that. No. They would have avoided that fight. Hold on one second. Hold on. Give me another second. Mm, all right, it's back recording. All right, cool. So, yeah. So, uh, I don't know where we left off, but I, I felt like I feel like you know the, the the Charlos. There should be more fights made between them um, and whoever else is in their division. Benavidez would be another good fighter for Canelo if he would actually accept one of these guys to fight. Yeah. So fighting these no name guys that you know nobody wants to see him see him uh, mix it up with, and but but like I said, Golovkin did the same shit though, man. Like that's the majority of his career. Who who are these guys that he got on his record? And they talking about he won thirty six fights by 30, 30 knockouts. Man, I don't care about none of that shit. Who's on his record that he knocked out? Yeah, because because it's one of those things where if you look at his record, you you don't see like one standout fight. You know what I mean? And it's like all of the champs that they really fought. Like you look at him, you like, okay, he beat that guy, or he beat that guy. You know, or he he lost to that guy, but at least you know he fought him. You know, but that brings me to you know what I was saying earlier. Like if you go back and you look at Kawasaki's record, he didn't he didn't you don't really have that standout fight. And then you got a you got a. a Roy, that was kind of past his prime. So yeah, a lot of these cats, man, it their uh, their careers are so orchestrated that sometimes, man, it's like they don't do themselves any justice. And I feel like Canelo is at that point where he's still got some prime left, but it's it's time for him to start fighting real fighters. You you do absolutely. I I totally agree. I I would like to <clears throat> see. I would like to see him in there mixing it up with the better fighters. I see you. I see you cherry picking for belts and everything, and trying to add, make your resume, pad your resume, pad your resume, and make it look good. And that's fine. I, I I get that. But in the meantime, there's a lot of guys out there that you should be fighting. You know, if if you're gonna do it at 175, you have Bavol, Bavol. I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't know how to say his name correctly. Better Bev is there somewhere. At 168, you got Benavidez. You got Caleb Plant. 160, you got Charlo who's sitting there. He's really just following right behind you because he want that smoke. Yeah. He want yeah. that smoke. And I know what it is. He's like, I want to prove to the world that you can't do that shit over here. Like, exactly. no one's going to stand for that shit over here. Like, you're going ha have to actually have to knock me out. Yeah. You know. But I think, like I said, um, it, it may be a situation where Canelo might even want to fight. But his camp is so seasoned that they know, like, that's not the fight for you. That's the fight the fans want to see. But that shit could be detrimental to your career. It, but it won't be. Like, it's the best fighting the best, man. Look, 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 what Floyd did is something different than anybody else. Everybody can't do what Floyd did. And then through the history of the game, it hasn't been too many people that have done it. So no. to be chasing anything that he had, that he has done... Uh, can we say it's like unfathomable? It's like unattainable to, to do something like that. 
It is because I don't, I don't think we'll ever see it in history again. Now while we're alive. No. Now while we're alive, it'll happen another time, but it won't be while we're alive. But I feel like right now these guys losing a fight, they need to break that break that cycle of thinking that losing a fight means that you're not one of the best fighters. That shit is gonna excuse me, that shit is gonna happen. Someone has to lose the fight, bro. Yeah, it's boxing. That that's part of the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which like, brings me down to 147. You know, where is Terrence Crawford in the mix of all this, man? Oh man, but bro, I, I feel like when you talk about talented fighters, man. That motherfucker's bad, bro. Hey man, that's a bad it, dude. It is he he a top 10 fighter, man. But he's another one that I feel like they don't want to, they don't want to give him that push. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a it's a ton of fights out there that he should that that could be made for him. And for whatever reason, they don't want to make him. You know what I'm saying? Like, who would you like to see Bud fight? Like, and I and you know, it, it's one of those things where Well, we know who's a, the ultimate, uh, you know what I mean, for him to fight. We know who that is. We're not gonna even act like you know. <laughs> we know what that is, but you could he could fight a Sean Porter. He could fight a Danny Garcia. Too late for that because Arrow got that in December, December fifth or something, right? Yeah. So yeah. we know that ain't happening. But 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 you could you could fight these. So the top okay, the top fighters at one forty seven go, uh, Errol Spence, Keith Thurman. Yeah. Manny Pacquiao, Sean Porter, Danny Garcia. I just named five without even saying his name. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And even if we think that we can take Keith Thurman off the list, okay, we can take him off the list, but it's some, it's still that spot needs to be filled. Yeah. No and these, all these guys are trying to fight each other. Like, where are you at in the mix of all that? Are you, and it, it, I don't know his personal life. I don't know his thinking process or anything. And I, I don't want to say that he would be out here trying to cherry pick his way to figure out, well, let all them guys fight each other and figure out the belts. And then I just come in and swoop in and, you know what I'm saying? Grab it and be out. And I'll be the, the, the two time undisputed champion in two different weight classes. Like I would hate to say that's the thinking process, but who I, who, who is he fighting my guy? Yeah, true. And, and there's no reason that, um, they shouldn't make at least a Sean Porter um, Bud fight. I would prefer to see Errol Spence, you know, Crawford fight. That would be I great. That, I think that would be the fight of the year, you know. But um, once again, I feel like I feel like they just kind of playing Chappelle, like, hey, you know, we'll give it to you. If the money is right, every it's got to be a perfect storm, and that's the thing with boxing is there's never gonna be the perfect storm. Oh, and then while you're doing all that, Errol is still gonna be the bigger draw. Yeah, most definitely. He's still gonna be the bigger draw, bro. I, I bet you right now if they could fill a stadium for the uh, for, feel Cowboy Stadium for that fight, I bet you it sells out. Where they get oh. like 50, 50 to seventy thousand people in there. Most definitely. I bet you. Most definitely. I bet you, man. That man, damn nigga, he, he he probably got Texas on lock. Yeah. I mean, you saw um, when he fought um, uh, Mikey. Yeah, but Mikey helped sell that fight. Salute to uh, all the Latinos and Mexican uh, 
conglomerate that came out to support, y'all had to know that he was gonna get his ass whooped. And when no way he was gonna be Errol. You know, no, that's just, mm-hmm. and that's just me. And that ain't even me being biased or having some type of racial pride. If you know anything about fucking boxing, Errol Spence knows how to box. He wasn't yeah. doing it early on because he was going in there knocking motherfuckers head off because he didn't feel that he didn't feel that they belong in there with him. So he was tracking motherfuckers down. He was knocking their ass out, but he yeah, boxed the shit out of Mikey to prove out to prove a point. Yeah, and I was gonna say shout out to Mikey for taking that fight because I know a ton of people that wouldn't have. Oh you know, yeah, being in his position, I feel like it would have been it would have been real easy for him to make an excuse or try to. To, to fuck up the negotiations, you know, for that fight not to happen. Yeah. He made that fight and he took that L like a man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because you didn't hear no excuses and no shit. He, he took it like a man. Yeah, he said he was a bigger, stronger fighter. Yeah. And he, yeah, he lost. He know he lost to the better fighter. And yeah. to your point, Arrow, Arrow, gave, Arrow gave him a different style. To show you, like, hey man, it's it's just not an all power in me. Like, I can get in here, and I can move, and you know, I can jab with the best of them. You know, absolutely. What I'm and because of that, Errol shows so. Listen, he shows so much discipline, even at the point where he was putting the pressure on Mikey because he didn't go for the knockout. And my buddy's like, oh no, he going for him. I'm like, no, he not. When Errol is going for the knockout, like he sit, he sits down on his punches. He was doing a lot of moving. And a lot of throwing his punches and ducking under and doing. Different. I'm like, man, he ain't trying to knock Mikey out. He just put he just put putting pressure on Mikey. He want to catch Mikey clean and maybe Mikey will go to sleep. But when he if he would have wanted if he wanted to knock Mikey out, he could have sat down at any point in time. When he kept getting Mikey to the ropes, he could have sat down at any time and bust Mikey shit up. He could have yeah he could have knocked my man. And he wasn't doing that. And the thing about it was is I didn't like how people were saying you couldn't even Mike knock Mikey out. Like man, bro, he wouldn't even try to knock him out. But I bet you he do. He may have. He may regret it. Like I should just, I should just try to fucking kill Mikey. Yeah, because I, I honestly think he he thought like, okay, Styles make fights. You guys think I'm gonna get in here and knock his ass out? I'm gonna show you that I can box just as well as he can. And yeah. that's what he. That's what he did. Yeah. Because another thing about it is the critics would have said, well, you're you're bigger than him. You're supposed to knock. You know what I mean? It was so many, it's so many different narratives to that thing, which is why I thought it would have been a bad fight. Um, but it, he showed how well he could box. And that was another fat camp for uh, for uh, Errol. From what I understand about this camp, they say Errol is already hovering around the weight where he's supposed to be. So that's very dangerous. Yeah. That's very dangerous. That means he's not, that means he's supreme. That means his, he's in shape. And whatever they're doing right now, that motherfucker can probably eat. And he probably uh doing strength and conditioning, which is even worse. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's going to be even worse if he's around. Uh, I think someone told me he was around 150 at this point. That's bad, man. It is. It is. That's bad. It is. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows anything about boxing out there, but that's bad. When a guy's on wait for camp ahead of camp, uh, on wait for camp, ahead of the fight and he has a whole month left. That that just mean like, man, it's it's gonna be a problem. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you can work on strength and conditioning. You can work on speed. You can get your nutri- you can keep your nutrition at a at a great level. You can have oh I don't, uh, ah that's just that's gonna be great. That's gonna be a good fight. 
Oh yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see that fight, man. So away from boxing, because we can do that all night. I know me and you can we can we won't <laughs> we'll never get off that. You know what I mean? Um have you thought of setting up any business on your own, like in, doing independent businesses or ventures? You know, um I've thought about jumping into the real estate game um and buying a couple buildings. Um but beyond that, um, I haven't really thought about, you know, venturing into um, any, you know, any side side businesses besides maybe, you know, buying a couple buildings and, you know, and setting up something, you know, for the kids later down the line. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not opposed to it. I think that we all need to, you know, to have something. You know, it's just that I guess um, with me and uh having the kids and you know the family and the work schedule still trying to juggle all of that i haven't had a chance to really sit down and focus you know away from that you know what i mean and and as you as you know you know time is money so it's like you know you need that time to make that money you know yeah. so yeah so, uh, but but uh hopefully like i said in the next 18 months 24 months you know especially with uh with the election you know uh coming to an end and uh seeing what the fed is going to do as far as interest rates and you know and, and just seeing where the economy is going to go um i think you know the next 18 months to 24 months probably be uh, a good uh, you'll get a good projection as to what we're going to do down the line as far as you know do you think and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to do you think that any presidential election has an effect on black people, whether it be positive or negative? Uh, I feel like it depends on the candidate. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the candidates um, hold a certain weight within our community. That being said, I don't necessarily think that they affect us one way or the other. I, I feel like certain. I feel like certain ones can have uh, a certain level of influence on us, but to to say that they affect us um, solely, I don't. I don't think so. Like I feel like, um, for instance, Reagan. You know, I feel like he was probably the last president to um, affect our community. In a in a heavy way, based off of uh, what he was trying to push, like he was trying to push heavy um, heavy penalties for crime. You know what I'm saying? Specifically, drugs. Like he started the you know the the war on drugs and you know all of that shit, bringing um, a, a certain level of entrapment into the states yeah, where behind the scenes was controlling the drug war and then exactly. making it seem like it was us that was doing all of the peddling when it was them the whole time with the iran contra war and all over north and all that other crazy shit yeah, and me. you know a lot of us got caught up in that trap uh which they knew yeah it, they knew it would happen but um yes yeah. and when you say he affected us he negatively 
affected us. Uh, there are over 1 million men, black men sitting in prison cells now still because of these ridiculous laws that they passed based on uh, the so-called war on drugs. And, and, uh, and that's, that's, the, that's the biggest thing. And, and that's why I say certain, um, certain presidential candidates can influence us, but I don't feel like they, they impact our community. I feel like our local politicians are the ones that kind of um, kind of do us kind of do us dirty but because they're not on the mainstream uh, radar they like it's a how can we I let them it? get away with a lot more when we should oh, right like oh, we should, yeah. we should, yeah. we should yeah. really be on their ass because that is our local government right yeah and you know and and it starts there, you know what I mean? It starts there. And I feel like they get away with a lot of shit because we don't necessarily pay attention to it uh, the way that we should. Nor do we hold their feet to the fire to make sure that they actually make changes for us. Um, because we we all, I think it, they're in a certain, to a certain degree, we look for the executive branch to change things when we should actually be working on the legislative and judicial. Most definitely. Yeah, so we always, oh, they should be doing this in the Supreme Court when actually we could go to your local alderman and write letters and petition and do all these things the proper way to make sure these uh, changes and influences take place and we don't do that. So we make this big cry, which does help at certain points, but um, we need our local, our local uh, government officials to be uh, more responsible and held accountable. Yeah, you got it. Things that do happen. Yeah, accountability is key, bro. You yeah, know what I'm absolutely. So, um, I, I'll say I'll say this without going too deep into it, but um, the laws that are being set forth um, as far as uh, prison reform and uh certain penalties for crimes i feel like um the shit don't even out you know what i'm saying and and it goes it goes both ways because um there's no reason that if somebody commits armed robbery and it's their first offense and um you have another just say just say if a black man commits armed robbery, he's 23, it's his first offense. A white kid commits the same crime, it's his first offense. Same age, everything, you know what I'm saying? The only, the only difference is their race and name. I've seen it where one kid will get the maximum, one kid will get the minimum. I feel like that has to be um, that has to be even across the board. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like um, because they're they aren't being held accountable, they continue to to make it uneven. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Definitely, I agree. I agree. And the other part to that, I would say is um, depending on a crime, I don't think these guys should all be locked up in the same area with murderers. And, and rapists and pedophiles. 
I don't think all these guys who commit certain crimes, like you had, God bless the uh, Khalif Browder. So, right. You had him in there for a minor infraction that he didn't even do. Right. They said he took a book bag or something. They said he did some stupid bullshit. Allegedly. Yeah. And he was locked up for it. And the shit that that man went through and saw while he was in uh, the New York state penitentiary, whatever you want to call it. uh, The things that he went through and seen, it, it wrecked him. And when he was doing his interview, you could tell it, 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 it wrecked him. Just based, based on if you look at, if you physically looking at his face and the way he was talking, I was like, yo, they, they fucked his mind up. Yeah, right. That man had to, that man, that young man had to learn how to be a barbarian. Exactly. Yeah, man. And that's not, that wasn't him. I and mean, you can tell by the way he was talking, he wasn't even happy talking about that shit. Listen, I know guys that have been in jail, man. They don't, they don't discuss it a lot. But if you talk about fucking somebody up and they get into that bag, they'll let you know that they're happy to talk about that shit. Oh, word. He did not seem, he, he didn't want anything to do with that, man. No. And the things that he saw had him in jail for what, five, five years or something like that? Yeah, he did a, he did a nice bit. Yeah, and did like half his time in solitary confinement. And they say that shit drives you insane. And the stuff that he saw, man, was ridiculous. So yeah. the time that he got for something that he didn't even do, which is fucking bullshit. How do you let him serve that same time with guys who've been in here and they've been cutting people's throats and broke people necks and done all this type of stuff? How do you put someone in there with a small infraction on the law again that he did not do? But how do you even sweep him under the rug with the rest of these guys who are who are in here for major fucking crimes? No, that's true. That's true. You know, and it's uh, it's just. It's unfortunate, man, but I just, I feel like in order for it to change, it has to start at the root, you know what I'm saying? And then it has to work its way up because, I mean, if we being honest, man, the executive branch, they only care about that money, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, they, they don't care about us, you know, but it's up to us to, to make them want to change. And yeah, we have to hold their feet to the fire, but we, yeah. we got to do more things on a, on a local level to, to make sure that we can affect these things, you know? And when we're not doing it, another one gets swept under the rug, another person gets killed or get murdered. We need to change the legislation and, and all the way up to, all the way up to uh, board to make sure that hanging people is a, is a federal crime, yeah. you know what I mean? And if, if you're going to make something a hate crime, there should be racial crimes too, because oh, all this all this stuff that's happening, man. If you can't recognize that this is that there is something wrong, that means that you personally don't mind it happening. And if you don't mind it happening, that means that you're a part of the problem, not not the solution. So exactly, exactly. Um, I want to cut away from that because we can both get I, I can get heated, you know. And I don't want to, you know. Word, word, word. I'll, you know, uh, best albums you heard this year. Oh man, um, currency outrunners. Um, man, I want to say. The new Buster is 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 dope. I listen. Yeah, it's 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 dope. Um, 
Oh man, you know what? I, I listen to so much old stuff that I would probably have to say, yeah, the best album this year um, was probably uh, probably Currencies or uh, or Jim Jim Jones. His really? album. His album dropped first quarter, and I feel like because of the COVID, like, motherfuckers kind of forgot about it. But I feel like uh, his last three albums have been uh, on, a, on a better level as, as far as uh, lyrically and, and just overall sonically. Like, it's just been, he's he been in a different zone, you know what I'm saying? So, so I give him his props because I wasn't always a huge fan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I still don't listen to him much. Yeah, but I, I feel like I feel like, man, um, if it's if it's an artist that I find myself just listening to over and over, and I, I mean, I'm listening to all his mixtapes, it's probably currency. Okay. You know Let me ask you this: Have you heard Nas's album? I have. I have. You know what, man? Um, King's Disease is his best effort, probably since a lot of people say Illmatic. I'm not gonna go that far. I'll say That's crazy. Um, I say probably since um, what's the joint that uh they had Black Republicans on it? Um. Hip hop is dead. Hip hop is dead. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's that's his his best effort uh, since that album. Um, you know what? I feel like one of the reason that, that I didn't put that as uh, one of the top albums of the year is because I I think Nas is dope, but it's certain it's certain things that artists do that I feel like. I don't feel like I don't feel like Nas made that for his fans. Mm. And I feel like Nas made that as as a um as an album to like it, it felt like it felt like an album that he was trying to maybe get a low-key Grammy nomination on. You know what I'm saying? Really? Yeah, you know what I mean. Explain because, that. Because I feel like um, I feel like it was a lot of singles on the album, okay. you, you know, um, and I don't necessarily think that that's his like that's his moment. Like I feel like the reason that a lot of people uh, got excited about the album is because we don't get a lot of we don't get a lot of uh, uh, material from Nas anymore. You know what I'm saying? So I think that when you go away and because what his his last album before then was um was it Life Was Good? He did one after that, right? He came, he came with one after that. I don't, I forget the title, but what the one it? after the one after Life Is Good, I didn't dig at all. You know what I'm saying? I think that was the lost. Was that the lost tapes? No, no, lost. Was it lost tapes? No, no. I think lost tapes was before Life Is Good. But I think he, I think he might have came out with a with an album after that. But anyway, 
I feel like Nas has has started to um kind of make albums too. He just to me he's not doing it for the fans anymore. You know what I'm saying? So after Life is Good, it was Nasir. Then it was okay, Lost. I didn't, I didn't was it okay, Lost Tapes too. And then King's disease he just did. What do you think about it? Because I, I I feel like you disagree. <laughs> it ain't that I disagree. It's just that you didn't mention Nas, the God. You know what I mean? So um, right. I, I like the album. I'll have to go back and listen to it again because at the time it, when it came out, I was putting some material together. And it, I, I'm always putting material together. Um, but I, I, when I really dig in, I dig in and I can't hear what everybody else hears musically. So... When I'm focusing on music, like everything sounds the same to me, and everything sounds like trash, and I can't, I can't make a, make sense of it. So like the first two or three songs that came on, I liked it, but then after that, everything started going, and I couldn't, I can't hear anything like when I'm when I'm actually writing and focusing and honing my craft. But I have like two or three projects that probably just need to be mixed and mastered right now, and I think six may be done with one of them, but um. What, from what I heard in the beginning, I like, all right? Um, I just need to go back and listen to it and listen to it again because um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm working on nothing right now until uh, the other producer, uh, Sir Ethics, until he sends me some more beats. Um, he's probably waiting on me to finish this other song, which I'll knock out, I can knock out uh, this weekend. But um, yeah. Uh, from what I heard, it was decent. I just need to go back and, and listen to it thoroughly before I uh, give my synopsis on it. But you want to know what I did here when I when I um, when I came out of my musical cocoon and it was more recent was that uh, Benny the Butcher man and Benny the Butcher shit is nice. And I guess because that it gave me that hustle vibe, you know what I mean, and it, made, and it helped me relax and not worried about doing music and anything like that. I think that was one of the better albums that I heard. Word, word. Okay, I've always wanted to ask you this and, and because you know what I'm saying, you're doing your thing and, and you're nice with it, I feel like your opinion would hold a little more weight with me as far as your top five as opposed to some of my other guys that I feel like don't know shit about music. You know, okay. but give me your top five, bro. I'm, I'm curious to see. <laughs> it changes all the time, man. It changes all the time. So if we go rap, rap music, right? Hip hop music, right? Work. All right. Um, Coogee rap. Okay. All right. Scarface. Um, I think I'm gonna throw Rash Cash in there. Um, let's see, I'm probably gonna throw Jay in there. And who's another one? It, it'll change. It'll be. It'll be somebody. It'll be totally different tomorrow. Niggas um, forgot about Rash Cash in '97, '98, bro. Like, yeah, this is the nature of the threat. Um, so Long Ice 2 was a dope album, by the way, if, if you haven't heard it, that was a dope album. I, I 
like that. I still bump that shit. Um, I need one more person. Who would it be? I don't know. Number number five could be open. I don't know, man. Number five. I don't know. Let's put a let's put a question mark by number five. But let me ask you this though. Do you think Black Thought goes down as one of the best MCs? I think he should. I think he should. I think he should. I don't think he will. I think he should. He's the only rapper in that group that is rapping on all these songs that they did as the Roots Band or the Roots Crew. He's the only he's the only dude rapping. There ain't a bunch of guys in there rapping with him. Nah, nah, and and you make a great point, but the reason I don't think that he will is because um, I don't think he has enough solo efforts. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, um, I feel like, I feel like it's a couple cats uh, in the Wu-Tang that could have positioned themselves differently, but them cats collectively don't but they don't have enough solo efforts to even be in the conversation. You know what I'm saying? So I think that, uh, I think thought is gonna kind of end up in that same thing. Like, I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find a cat that's doper, especially over that period of time. It's just that I, I think at the end of the day, um, he didn't have enough solo efforts. I think if I was gonna put someone in my number five spot, I think, I could go ahead and say tip. I could throw tip in there. I feel like I can throw tip in there. That's just me though. Word, me. I mean, that, that's dope, but that shocked me though. You know what I'm saying? Cause I I, I think tip is dope, but um, I wouldn't expect him to be in the top five. Really? Know? Yeah, like, like I, I mean, lyrically he dope, you know, and, and he can he can definitely get in the studio and make a great song, but I think that um, I don't know, man. Like him, Ross, and Jeezy, they kind of get shuffled around a bit. Hell no. I, I yeah, because I, I think Ross is better than Tip. Shit. I think I think Ross is better than Tip. Shit. I think, I think it's Ross, Tip, Jeezy. Who are what 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 did you drink before we went on break? <laughs> you did some heavy shit. You did some heavy shit because I never, ever, 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 ever. No. Dude do not be saying nothing, bro. He don't be saying nothing. Every album, every song be the damn near the same. If I go through tip shit, you're gonna get some substance, bro. What? Every album. You get some, you're gonna get some true substance. Some really good substance. And when he gets to talking his shit, he's gonna talk his shit and he's gonna be real player about it. You know what I mean? But oh, word, word. no, uh-uh. Fuck no. I, I, Fuck feel, no. Like, I feel like with I, I agree with everything you're saying, but I feel like the thing that, that separates him and Ross is that like you said, Ross kind of stays in his lane. He knows what he's good at. But I also I also feel like he he's mastered how to 
let the let the beat come to him. You know what I'm saying? If 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 that makes sense to you. I hear what you're saying. It yeah. makes sense, but it's the same song all the time. It's the same song over a very marvelous put together beat. Like that's all it is. You ever his, his production is crazy to me. Yeah, I know. That's what draws most people in. I'll be sitting there listening. Like, he, if you listen to what he's saying, he's not really saying much. But that's just my opinion. You know what I mean? Um, we all have our opinions. We're all entitled to it. You say what you say. Um, I love tips, the way he put thing, things together. I love his hustle and everything. And then after that, for, for Jeezy, I would have him for inspiration. And then after that, we're going to go back into some, we would go back into the real shit dealing with uh, UGK and MJG and 8-Ball and Outkast and Scarface. And we're going to go back into that. I wouldn't even, no, I'm good on that one, bro. <laughs> good on that one. Mm -hmm. okay. You but, know what? I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, Fred the Godson. You know, rest okay. Okay. Rest in peace, Fred the Godson. I feel like he was, he was definitely, uh, coming into his own. It took him a little longer than Cats, you know, really expected. But I feel like he was starting to to kind of come lyrically, bro. Like, like his wordplay was phenomenal to me. He was not, he was slick. He was real slick with the wordplay. You know, and, um, you know, I feel like, you know, he was, he was kind of turning the corner. Another cat is uh, Freddie Gibbs. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he has kind of turned a corner where I wasn't the, I wasn't the biggest fan, you know, a few years ago, but just kind of, you know, being at the gym or just, you know, I'm always searching for something new because if you don't, you will kind of get locked into this mainstream shit. And it's like, I, you know, a lot of that shit, I'm, I'm getting older, so I don't have an ear for it no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and your attention span changes too. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so wait, wait, wait. We can't. We got to go back. Who would you, your top five be? Uh, I put Kane in there. Oh. Um, oh, geez. Uh, most deaf. Oh. Okay. See. Jay for sure because because he was kind of a soundtrack to to our our certain certain parts of our lives, man. It's just like you instantly think back. So yeah, you know. I'm talking about like straight hustle. Yeah, you know what straight I mean. Straight hustle. Um, man. I'm a Scarface, and then uh, man, uh, yeah, that number four and that five is always a problem. Yeah, it'll, 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 you'll wake up tomorrow and have a different group of guys in there too. Yeah, um, man, you know what? If 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 I had to pick one and I, I kind of stay true, I'm going to say Ghostface. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's a good pick. You know, it's a good pick. Because, uh, like, I was just listening to uh, uh, 
uh, I want to say it was either the 23rd or 25th anniversary of uh, Iron Man. And uh, bro, that album is just, man, it, it took me back to 96, bro. It was just, it was incredible, man. That was just an incredible time. 94 to 96 was an incredible time for hip hop, man. And just, you know, every time I hear that album, I'm just like, man, this, this was the shit, you know what I mean? So, you know, I'd probably say, I'd probably say Ghostface. Okay. All right. That's a, that's a, some good picks though. Yeah. Yeah, a little, it's a little East Coast bias, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I already know about you, man. <laughs> but you I already know how you rock. I already know how you rock. Listen, I I told somebody this in the um, interview that came out, uh, me and Jimmy Wallace, um, he was on here, and I put put that interview out like two, a couple weeks ago. I, I would say like October 27th or 20th is when it came out, all right? Man, him discussed it. I said I related more to the West Coast music because their shit was closer to what we were actually dealing with. They might have banged red and blue in a different way, but it was sim similar to the shit that we were going through. So I knew of self destruction and Cool Modi and and Big Daddy Kane and all those guys, but musically I related more to the West Coast because that shit kind of just hit home with the shit that they were saying and, and the stuff that I'm seeing and dealing with and going through. So I, I totally get that. Like, you're going to like something different. I'm going to like something different. But because I know how you feel about music, I know I know the way you uh, grew up with it. It's a little bit different from, from my taste. You know what I'm saying? Like, one of the first tapes I had was... Uh, Snoop's doggy style, you know what I'm saying? And then after that, I had, uh, I had, uh, I did the bootleg of um, Dog Pound's first album, you know what I mean? I had that on bootleg. Um, early than that, I think I had Sir mix a lots I had that, I had the single for that, you know what I'm saying? And it was like two songs, like two songs on there, Cake Boy and that or something, and then the other, other parts of it was like uh, just the instrumentals. So I like Big Bus. It was that. So yeah, yeah. So my influence early on was 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 the West Coast music, just because of the, the times we was living in. Um, we lived on 87th, but we also lived on 62nd Street. So my mom, my auntie took us in on 87th, and I think we had like a, a place to stay over on 62nd. So. Um, and then I'm moving around the city and you see the different environments and the way that life is taking place for different people. And remember, that's when the project buildings was up too. Word, so, word. You know, if you know anything, if you knew anything, anything about that and you were over there, of course, the West Coast music was something more so that um, you related to. So, yeah. Word. So and I definitely, huh? I said the West Coast was dope, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. One of the first, uh, one of the first tapes I ever bought um was from great scott records on 95th bro it was uh it was the the mc breed joint mm -hmm. uh, with him and pop the the uh i gotta get yours you gotta get mine you know yeah. uh dfc caps get peeled you know what i'm saying like like the west coast was dope and like you said man like at that point in different uh Different parts of the city, man. Game banging. When we grew up, game banging was really game banging. You know? That shit was real. <laughs> like, real. And 
not to condone the behavior of that time, but let me say this for people who are listening. There used to be a time when shit was getting ready to go down. The, the men who were out in the streets, controlling the streets, uh, holding down in certain neighborhoods, if you were outside, you were told to go inside. If you were outside or you were out hang, helping your mom with groceries, these brothers would come help you put the groceries up in the house so you did not get caught outside and what was about to go down. They literally would take it. They used to take care of people, man. Yeah. Um, it used to be a point where they would make you make sure that you had to sweep up the sidewalks and keep up the community. They would make sure that you was doing something to be productive in the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot different now than what we're seeing because those guys have been swept up off the streets um, due to... Uh, you know, crime, yeah, crime and, and, and jail sentences and things like that. But they made sure certain things were done a, a, a certain way. I'm not condoning any type of behavior or negativity, but during that period of time when a gang banging and was real and, and dudes was out here running these streets, it was a lot different than what people seeing right now. You know, a lot different, straight up. I, I remember I remember, bro, um, as a young man going to going to going to church with my mom. I think it was like an anniversary uh, around the anniversary time. You know, if you're going to church back then, you know, you in church every day, you in church like every day. And if you it's been Sunday, you could be in there from sun up to sundown and later. So this was anniversary during the anniversary week, and it was on a Sunday, and all these guys came marching down the street and told everybody to get inside. And they said, everybody got to get inside. They helped all the mothers into this inside. They helped all the young babies. They got everybody inside. And they told them, um, you know, we'll let you know when it's safe to come back out. By the time we had came back out to church, man, it was dead quiet. It was just like shell cases on the ground. That's nuts, bro. But, I mean, like you said, not to condone that, but it was more structure. It was a different time. You didn't see kids getting killed like that. You didn't see females getting killed like that. Now, like, this shit is, I mean, it's legit crazy, bro. It's like the Wild West out here, man, where it's like anything goes. And they not, yeah, they not even really game-banging no more. It's one of them things where if, it, if you GD, BD, Blackstone, it don't matter, 2212, it don't matter. It's, right now, it's like all about where you live at. So they, they block banging, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yeah. And that's where the structure fall off because ain't no loyalty amongst each other. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's me and my guys versus you and your guys. You know what I'm exactly. saying? So exactly. um, back then there was a time where if you was affiliated with something, you had to stand on it and motherfuckers had to know that you was thorough. Word. People had to know who you were and where you were who you was uh, accepted by, you know what I mean? Or it was, or it'd be a problem for you. Right. So, uh, yeah, I definitely remember like leaving certain places at night um, and you were out there, you were ushered into the house, you were ushered into the church or wherever, and they'll tell you to stay out the streets. Do you remember um, when we went to Warren, they hurry, they hurry up and rushed us back into the school or told us to clear the area. Do you remember that? A couple of times they had done that when we were young? Because you had the GDs right there, but you had the Blackstones that was coming from Stony, and they was coming back that way. And at that time, they was into it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I remember that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
it, it, it was a problem, and they and they had chains around their neck. They had backs and all that stuff, man. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And the dude told us, he's like, hey, y'all got to get up out of here. He's like, little homie, y'all got to get up out of here ASAP. You know what I mean? Grab your little sister, whoever you're looking for. Grab your little, grab your friends. And y'all start walking home. Now, we don't want nobody up here in, in, a, in a few minutes. And you know what I'm saying? They say, you know, you just heard reports of people be getting their ass beat or whatever it was that went down. So that um, was just life growing up. You know, again, I'm not provoking or condoning anything like that to happen because people do get hurt and violence should always be a last resort. I don't know what happened to make those types of situations occur, but you know, these are the things that happened, but there was more responsibility of the guys who were in control and more discipline too. But now you just got, and I remember if any young woman had ever been touched, raped or anything like that, that shit was dealt with. Oh, yo, that was your ass. You know now you, that shit was dealt with. Let one of them, what? Let one of them dudes find out you was out here doing anything to to any woman or any girl. You ain't make it, pimp. No, and now, now that shit cool. Now they put that shit on video. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Now they, now they knocking women out. Now they, now they shooting women and shit. Like I, I never seen nothing like that. And you know, again, I know for myself. Being around some of them, they always said that, you know, you protect the women um, and you make sure that you have a code, like you have a, a code of honor that you stand on, have integrity, you know, have discipline. They, 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 they made sure they told you shit like that. So when you went out into this world, you knew how to just, if you didn't know nothing else, you knew not to fall back on what you stood for in your character, you know? They always made sure that you made, they told us, you know, we don't sell out for nothing. You know, it, it, we, ain't, we ain't out here just to make a dollar for anything. Even though what we do may be doing may be wrong, we still support our families and we feed and we feed our kids and shit like that, you know? But it, 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 it's, it's, it's just cert, it certainly is just different from now. You know, even when I'm talking to some of the, these young guys and I'm trying to pick their brain and see where they at mentally and things like that, it's just so different, man. It's so different, but I know I know they want someone to someone to talk to them. I do know that. I do know they be listening. Yeah, they want someone to talk to them, but um, it's just it's a totally different time. Yeah, it's unfortunate. A lot of these cats they don't grow up with the guidance that we grew up with. You know what I'm saying? They don't have a lot of fathers, a lot of uncles, a lot of big brothers. You know, it, it seems like they growing up either in all female homes or you know. They're not growing up in homes at all, unfortunately. You know what I mean? So uh, that's why that's why I feel like um, I don't feel like it's too late because I feel like it's never too late. But I, I do, every chance I get, try to, uh, if I see some of these young cats, I definitely try to sit, spend time with them, talk to them, man, because you just never know. They may not be, you, know, you never know the next time they may actually be able to sit down and have a man talk to him, you know what I'm saying? And, and try to drop some jewels on, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, I, and I, def, I, I, I definitely understand that. I know I've done it off and on. Um, I remember one situation where I did do it and I asked a young guy to meet me somewhere. Actually, actually, I just told him to meet me downtown. This is years ago. And he came out, he hung out with me. We went and got some food, you know what I'm saying? Some food that he had never even had before. We downtown walking around, he's seeing the sights, he's looking at all the women. Like, I ain't never seen it, you know what I mean? Like 
Everything different for him. Everything is just different for him, bro. The time he spent with me, bro, from leaving the neighborhood, he get a call and he heard two of his friends had got shot on the same corner where he would have been had he not come with me. Damn. Yep. Crazy. Yep. And he was like, man, he's like, bro, why did you even call me down here? I was like, I, I felt that you need to be away from that shit. He said, bro, I left, I left my guys out there and two of them got shot. I said, well, that's the way it is, the universe and God works, bro. It wasn't your time. It was daytime. You know what I mean? You came down here to hang out with me. So did you learn anything? Did you get anything from me? Or was this a waste of your time? He's like, no, it wasn't a waste of my time. But, you know, still one of, two of my guys got hit. You know, one, hit, got, one got hit bad. And I was like, yeah, I understand that. I totally get that. You know, them your dudes, that's who you ride for. But at least it wasn't you. And you, you, you come away from this situation with, with a lot more. Word. Because everything happened for a reason. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. He After that he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, those shots that with the guy that was critically injured, that could have been him. Right. Or it could have been went from critical to fatal. You know, you could have lost your life trying to be out here just hanging out on the block and everybody out there beefing. It could have been worse than that. But um, right. glad that it, it did not happen to him. And I'm also glad that a couple of years later, he ended up going to uh, Harold Washington College. You know, you understand what I'm saying? So all that happened to push him into the right direction. And I'm, I'm grateful for those opportunities. Um, I just wish there were more that woke guys up and, and they got some inspiration from it, you know? No, that's true. That's true, bro. You know. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, like I said, hopefully, man, um, as a community, yeah. we can uh, – we can just uh, continue to go forward, man. You know. Yes, sir. You know, and uh, and, and hopefully, uh, uh, you know, years from now we look back, and, you know, and, and be proud of the steps that we've taken. You know what I mean? Absolutely. At least that's what I'm praying for. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, bro. I ain't gonna hold you no more, man. We've been on here for the uh, for a while doing this. No doubt, man. Hey, hey, this was this was dope, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm I'm hoping that uh you know uh a hundred episodes, hundred and fifty episodes in, man, we get a chance to do it again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, or sooner than that. It could be sooner than that. I know you got some stuff coming up that you gotta work on, but I'll be reaching back out, man. I definitely will be reaching back out. There's so much more I wanted to cover, but I'm like, man, you got kids, you got family stuff that you, you gotta take care of, you know what I mean? So I'll get too excited and I and I won't stop, you know. Nah, man, nah. Like I said, this is dope. So, I mean, uh, man, just next time if, if if you if you got the time, like like reach out. I'll make the time, bro. You know what cool. I'm saying? Cool. You no, know? all right, definitely. definitely. I appreciate right, you, man. No doubt, man. Love, bro. All right, peace. Peace.